0: back into the spotlight.
1: Kevin Frazier, DKM, and J-Cal.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, guys? This is the Alliance Guys podcast, a <laughs> presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source of news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. We just lost Jaden. I'm sure he'll jump right back on here in just a second. Uh, hey, have you guys heard any rumors? Hearing any news? Bunch of people have recently are without jobs. Uh, again, for like the third time this year, uh, The KFC let
3: you go
4: again.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Well, I said, I said this year, but I guess this is the first time this year anyone's been released because we're only six days into the new year. DKM. How are you, pal?
4: Well, apparently luckier than several people from the world wrestling entertainment Inc. Uh, World.
2: no kidding um and i mean the names just keep getting announced that uh, yesterday we heard uh we heard uh people like uh allison danger uh jesse james ryan Katz, uh william regal today samoa joe uh just unbelievable just unbelievable uh the amount of talent that is now unemployed and it just it baffles my mind how many people are now without a job uh Jayden, you know I, I i know you're part of the independent wrestling scene the work you do with dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators how do you feel about something like this where all these names are being released uh from the wwe
0: um from a perspective of a wrestler i understand that's a negative thing for the wrestlers it's harmful you know they're losing their job they're their um, paychecks, everything like that, is nice to have something steady, especially because a lot of those ones are actual management, not wrestlers. So they don't get those 30 or 90 days extra money for a lot of those guys. So we have to have, you know, it's sad for them to be able to get a steady paycheck. And now with the NWA, yeah. uh, I guess branching out more to like the end of the YouTube and stuff like that, but they don't have a lot of spots available. You don't have a lot of spots available for uh, Impact, um, if any, maybe one or two. Ring of Honor is basically non-existent, so unless these guys want to work on an independent deal, there's no guarantee money with that. Um, It's sad for a lot of these guys, but as independent wrestling, if a lot of these wrestlers decide to branch off into the independent scene, that's great for independent wrestling. Say what you will with AEW, between the WWE's, Stealing as much of the independent talent in the AEW, stealing everything that's left, kind of left us in a a dirge of lack of talent for the big time in the independent, except for, you know, a few sporadic names here and there. This can mean a lot for independent wrestling and can mean a lot to anybody who's looking to pick these guys up. Hey, Gabe Gabe Sapolsky was let go. Maybe we'll have another, another, another promotion by him.
2: Yeah, that, that name seemed very intriguing to me uh, just because of what he's done in the past. I mean, it wasn't just uh, Evolve or just Dragon Gate USA. I mean, that was the guy that ran Ring of Honor for all those years, uh, uh, you know, before Adam Pierce came to Ring of Honor. Um, he, he's also the guy responsible for... Um, uh, Well, I guess not really responsible, but I believe he did some work with Paul Heyman back in the original ECW. So seeing a name like Gabe uh, Spolowski being made available. And then on top of that, like you said, uh, William Regal, he was responsible for scouting independent wrestling talent along with his uh, duties uh, on television. You know, he's going to be out there available to somebody. Um, and, and just like uh, creative guys, I know you're not a huge fan, but Ryan Katz did a lot of creative work, studied under Dusty Rhodes for crying out loud, uh, and helped a lot of these young NXT talents come up with their uh, developmental, their creative uh, to, to set up these gimmicks and characters. I just think it's 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 a wild time in wrestling, and we I feel like we say that every year, but it's it's really a wild time.
4: Yeah, that's an understatement.
2: Uh, Matthew Underwood points out, uh, did you see I'm a Dave Lagana t-shirt on Dynamite? No, I didn't, but uh, are you sure that wasn't a Dave LaGreca guy? I don't know if anyone's wearing Dave Lagana t-shirts anymore. And uh, Matthew also says, when does Eli Drake get released back to us? Uh, I don't know, man. It it could be sooner than later, uh, just the way things appear to be. It seems like there's an ever-evolving uh, opening door at the NXT And if uh, If 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 you ever spoke to Triple H I think you've been released at this point So we'll see how that all plans out um, One of the
0: funniest things I had conspiracy theory Is Tony Khan I'm sorry, what's the what's the Khan name Nick, in the WWE? Nick Khan. Nick Khan Nick Khan secretly Releasing these wrestlers to help Tony Khan It's a conspiracy I read online and It's hilarious how people believe that
2: I mean, if it stopped at just some of these talents, I would believe it. But the fact that it's so many people, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's.
4: <sighs> and look how many haven't ended up in uh, ADW. Well,
0: that's yeah, that's question. true. But I guess if, if he gets his pick of the litter.
4: Yeah, I guess. And even look at how some who have ended up in AEW have turned out, I mean not turn this into an AEW show but, you know, people have to ask the question are somebody like Miro or Ruby Soho or some of the others even Adam Cole at this moment (laughs) you know, doing any doing any better work in AEW than they were in WWE?
0: I not necessarily mean their fault, I mean you can only do as good as creative lets you do and if you're doing your own creative then it's your own fault, but still
4: well, I mean, but that's the point was people kept saying WWE wasn't giving these people, uh, opportunity. They weren't letting them sign. They weren't letting them show or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you know, they move brands and everybody's happy because now they finally get to, you know, show what they can do and creative. them. <laughs> Apparently not so much.
0: Well, look at Tony Nice. Extra extremely talented wrestler Former Dangerous adrenaline Wrestling gladiator superstar Um He had a little bit of rub In The WWE he Was a cruiserweight champion Was on Wrestlemania You know when Had it some something. publicity And everybody was so excited When he signed with AEW Cause they're gonna do so much Has he even been on Like mainstream television And if he has Has it been the B show On Friday nights
4: honestly don't know If he has been I don't think he's won
2: Yeah Um it, he certainly hasn't been thrusted in the spotlight, maybe some of us would have hoped,
4: but uh, but that's
2: the thing too. I mean, there is only so many spaces available, and I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how much Tony Khan has, he still only has three hours of live television every week and two hours of, of YouTube programming every week. Um, you, you know, until they're ready to go twenty four seven on a wrestling channel, I just don't know how much time. Uh, can be dedicated to, you know, to, to the rest of these people. I mean, you look at, and I don't want to go into this AEW show, but I guess we are. Um, if, if you know, Brian Danielson, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I watched that guy uh, back when he was wrestling at Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy through tape training. I mean, if you're talking about a guy who could go from, the WWE to AEW and be a main event contender, that's him. But like, not everyone is Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Not everyone on that roster is going to get the same treatment that Brian Danielson is receiving. Um, you know, and like DK just pointed out, Adam Cole, he's a guy who was the man in NXT and he probably will still be in high regards with AEW. But again, how many more names can they fit on that roster? How much more time can they dedicate to those talents? And for me, it's just, it's not a, I, I don't see how they can do it.
0: Well, they need to right. get rid of their, their people that don't deserve to be there or, or were fine placeholders when they didn't have real wrestlers. But now that they have real wrestlers, get rid of the dork order or get rid of, uh, I, mean, I can't even think of his name, Joey Janella. Well, somebody, I mean, of- somebody
2: but somebody has to do the job, right? Somebody has to lose.
0: Yeah, but you can well, have I mean, if you're going to have competitive matches. See, nobody's a jobber in AEW except for the people that wrestle Warlow. Everybody else is a competitive wrestler that has competitive matches. So you're at least going to have competitive matches. Have people that can go in there and make it look good.
4: Okay. Well, look, this is a problem in wrestling in general. I mean, it's similar problem in. AEW, I mean, in WWE and Impact, and uh, and even some of the independents, is that you start becoming, you start relying on the same people over and over again, but then you don't know how to move new people in and uh, how to develop them and stuff. I mean, they just put the TBS title on on Jane Cargill and. Look, I know there are some people that love her, but I don't get it. She has some charisma, but not a lot. She's athletic, but honestly, she doesn't look good in the ring.
2: Yeah, and I I was scrolling through Twitter just before the show started, and I heard a lot of people uh, say, uh, hey, Tony Khan, you you badmouth swole last week, but then you put out Jade Cargill what's the difference and i i mean i don't know if it's that extreme but yeah uh,
4: well she's not that good and i'm sorry chris dog and some others that are big you know that like her whatever but she's not that good yet she can develop but she should be on dark developing and you know and then they put her over ruby soho who everybody was clamoring about, you know, so where, are those two going to be for now? I don't know. You know, AEW's not the biggest fan of rematches. They do them sparingly.
0: Hey, did DK turn into a robot, or is that my phone? Uh, it might be your phone.
4: I might be a robot. Are you talking about how I sound? Because I had that problem with you guys earlier, and then I just – that's why I dropped out and came back.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna come back in, right? Because I can. You guys are bringing it up for me, so I'm gonna come right back in. All
2: right. I did notice that we're having some issues. I know our Twitch stream dropped. So if you were if you were watching on Twitch, sorry, go, come over here to Facebook or YouTube and check us out there.
4: Anyway, let's let's leave the AEW. Yes, know, please. World let's leave
0: and never come back.
4: Exactly. Uh, the AEW world for now. Other than I will say, Danielson, uh, Page was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. But my, my thing is, this all came from the releases, and what do you do with all this release talent, and where do they go? And, you know, Impact is struggling. I, they are the one promotion that, boy, just amazes me that they are still around, even, with, uh, even if they're corporately owned. I remember WCW was corporately owned and saw how that turned out.
0: Same with Ring of Honor.
4: Yeah. And that whole corporation's kind of not doing well. But, you know, there are limited places. So, you know, I... I don't know if somebody like Joe wants to go anywhere where he wrestles full-time. Now, could he go somewhere where he works as an agent or a producer or something in the back, maybe? I don't know if that's what he wants to do. I don't really know what he was doing in NXT since he vacated the NXT title because he was injured and going to be out for a brief but undetermined period. And uh, But, you know, if he can still wrestle occasionally. You know, he'd be a great person to bring into any organization to, you know, have a big match or, you know, if you were to come to the NWA, you know, Jay and I were talking offline, you know, a match between him and Trevor Murdoch could be really good.
0: Oh, yeah. There's and a couple so,
4: in the NWA to be really good with. Joe and has, Joe has the name to where him showing up suddenly last minute or just being booked into a title match. It works because it's Joe, and he's n- not way past his prime, like you know, maybe somebody like Gangrel, And he's not somebody that have people kind of scratching their head and go, Who, like Mike Knox? So, I mean, he is the type of person that go into a just straight into a match with Murdoch.
2: I would absolutely uh, adore that. Um- Like uh, DKM was saying, him and I were talking offline as some of the more of the announcements were coming today. Of course, Samoa Joe being the big one. And uh, I'm curious as to what you guys think here in the chat. Now, be completely brutally honest. If at the Crockett Cup 2022, they announced the main event of the pay-per-view as Samoa Joe versus Trevor Murdoch with no other matches announced Would you buy that pay-per-view? Would you pay $25 for it, or would you uh, up your NWA subscription so that you will have that pay-per-view for free? We'll talk about that more later, but I'm just curious as to those of you who are in the chat right now. Would you pay to see Samoa Joe versus Trevor Murdoch, whether it be in person or in Uh, pay-per-view? I'm desperate to know.
0: Is that a question to us? Uh, do you want to see?
2: That's answers? mostly the audience, uh, but yeah, you guys can answer that too.
0: Yes. Next question.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'd buy it in a heartbeat.
2: Okay. Well, um, we we normally talk about the NWA uh, television tapings, but we do have a lot to talk about today. There's more than just uh, you know news about WWE releases. There's more than just news about. Um, recapping the NWA Power episode. Uh, There is some news that's directly impacting, no pun intended, the NWA. And I wanted to talk about it because, of course, this is where we talk about NWA news and information. And first and foremost, the big news coming out uh, this week is that Nick Aldis has re-signed, not not resigned, but re-signed with the National Wrestling Alliance um, we know that uh, last year uh, at the dark hour, the NWA re upped his contract. And uh, we, we uh, know from past experience that um, most of the NWA contracts that are signed usually expire on uh, 1231 of that year. Uh, Thunder Rose's contract, uh, of course, was somehow negotiated out where she got out of her contract early. But uh, Nick Aldis was under contract till 1231. And, uh, you know, as we can all tell, that contract has been renewed. Uh, Jaden, first and foremost, what are your thoughts on the National Treasure re-signing with the NWA?
0: I know he's not a fan of you ham sandwich jabronis, (laughs) but I actually do like Nick Aldis. Um, He's a big fish in a small pond, and it's good to have. He's kind of the he's kind of Mr. NWA right now for the company, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, he is, what when you think of the modern, current NWA, that's kind of who you think of, even though it'd be nice if it was Trevor Murdoch. But there's some good matches that he can still do. I mean, it's stupid that he says he doesn't want to be part of the world title picture. I think that's a, a booking decision that was um, not something I would agree with. But as the NWA representative, as the flagship of the NWA, he's... There's a lot of big things he can still do when it comes to the NWA How? What about him and Samoa Joe down the the line or him against some of these other talents that are available? Him and Matt Cordona. Um, You know, there's a couple good matches that he's still good and useful for, and they can draw a lot of interest. And that probably means we get to see his wife more often. And to me, that's a win in anywhere.
2: (laughs) Well, you, you might be the resident Mickey James fan more than anybody else, but um. Yeah, uh, I, I think the, the thing about Aldis, uh, you know, make no mistake about it, make no bones about it, as critical as we've been on this show about Aldis, the fact of the matter is we, and I, I think I'm speaking for dcam and uh, uh, Mr. Kevin Frazier, we think he's a phenomenal athlete. He is absolutely 100% the right guy for the NWA. We just, uh, there's I think there's ways to do things and and. We look at things differently than, of course, the way uh, Mr. Aldis does. But that doesn't mean he isn't a top-flight top, f- top flight performer, a five-tool athlete, if you will. Uh, DKM, what were your thoughts on the NWA re-signing the ambassador of the NWA, Nick Aldis?
4: I mean, it's probably good. You know, look, I, I think there's a large misunderstanding with how we feel about Nick Aldis as a wrestler, and how he's been booked. Uh, I, early into his second reign, said that I was perfectly happy with Nick Aldis holding the title for a couple of years. Now, of course, then the pandemic hit, and he did hold it for a couple of years, and our criticisms were that in his first reign, he really got out there and hustled the the title a lot, and second reign, not so much. Uh, even outside of the pan, you know, even before the pandemic started and even after when there were still plenty of indie shows to be booked on. So, and then uh, he was overexposed. And that's a problem Mm -hmm. if you have a face of the company. If you stick them out there all the time after so long, you get sick of seeing them. And he kind of got – he was overexposed. We talked one time that he went out and gave a promo that was longer than any match that was on, you know, the particular show. And, you know, you he lost – what makes a world champion special is that you don't see them all the time, that they are not, that, you know, they are not the one, the always out there, always talking. I mean, they can do – You know, Jared Murdoch's done a couple where the only time you saw him was in a brief video clip from, you know, before or, you know, an obvious pre-take. Yeah. And, you know, that helps, and they're not long. But, you know, that helps keep it special. Now, I'm still not fond of the way they're booking him. But it's only because I feel like they're booking him to look weak. When you, and I don't care who your champion is. If you go tomorrow and put the world title on Sal Renaro, you start booking Sal Renaro to be the strongest guy on in the company. You know what I mean? And no, I'm not saying put the title on Sal Renaro. I'm just <laughs> I'm just talking about booking options. You know. So I mean that's that's my thing. Glad Nick is back. Uh hopefully he stays out of the limelight well spotlight i like i don't want to say i don't want to see him in the world title picture because he deserves to be in the world title picture i don't want to i don't want to see him regain the world title anytime soon like if he signed for a year i'm good with him going the rest of this year without ever winning the title they need you know one of the things you got to do is you got to build stars and i one of the criticisms I had about the NWA and what was really crock promotions after 85 was that they, they didn't really build anybody to take Ric Flair's place as world champion. You know, they would switch the title just to keep things interesting. They'd hotshot it, you know, Dusty and Ron Garvin and Rick Steamboat but there was never a time when there was anybody who had a good solid reign as champion that you go, okay, you know, this is somebody who I can see as a world champion.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: And I think that's, that's a huge problem with the, with the NWA. I mean, at one point I think, uh, I think we thought the Pope could be that guy. Um, but right now, I mean, outside of Trevor Murdoch and, Nick Aldis, who's that guy? And I don't think it's Matt Cardona. Um, I, I just don't think that's a smart business decision. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's a smart big business decision.
4: Well, I, I will say this. If they would use Cardona as a transitional champion in between, like, Murdoch and Pope, I would be okay with that. But I want Murdoch to hold, hold the title 7, 8, 10, 12 months and uh, stop getting knocked on his ass every time he defends the title laid out. And, you know, uh, I've known that, let's put it this way, I know that's happened three times already and we've yeah. only seen two of them.
2: We lost Jaden again. I guess he got tired of th- us talking about Nick Aldis.
4: Maybe, or I'm having—I kind of—I've dropped out twice because my sound goes completely haywire, and then it's like I get out, I get back in, and it's fine. So I don't you, know if he's so having right the same now? problem or not. Right now, everything's good.
2: Um, so, I mean, that brings us to the next point and I just, I, I'm posting comments as we're going along, but, uh, just to read some of them, uh, Phil talks sports says Cordona could be the guy he'd love to see someone like Joe Henning show up. Um, Dave Scooby had said earlier, uh, they are booking Trevor to be a lone wolf. He needs to have some backup, even if he has to face them down the line for the, the 10 pounds of gold. I mean, he kind of, he kind of does have backup in that, uh, you know, the Pope had his back, and uh, I guess uh, I guess that's probably it. We'll, we'll say the Pope um, Mayweather kind of helped out a little bit when uh, when Jack's tried to cash in. But uh, I guess we'll see how that goes uh, more and more. And then um, one last thing is Bobby Batito said that he's looking forward to the Love Alive charity show. Uh, Ashton Starr and M J Jenkins and Isaiah Bronson and Stunt Marshall and uh, Isaiah Zane and Jason Duggan, I mean, there's a lot of new faces that will be on the Love Alive uh, charity show, which is the the Duval Brawl number four. Uh, we talked to uh, we ta- we posted a little bit of information about the Duval Brawl last week. Um, now, the Love Alive charity is the Pope's charity. Um, he sits on the uh, board of directors for that charity. And they've done now, this will be their fifth wrestling show in the Tampa area. The, the charity is all about helping the uh, impoverished, uh, helping out the less fortunate. Um, their first show, which was in the summer, uh, they did a, a back-to-school show where all the students who came to the event were given backpacks with school supplies. So, I mean, it's a pretty cool thing that they're doing. And, of course, we've talked about it quite a lot, that uh, Gangrel will be challenging for the 10 pounds of gold. And a lot of young and up-and-coming talent will be involved. Uh, they said originally that this would be taped for the NWA, but I, I don't see this as an NWA show, really, outside of the, the world champion. I, I know there's going to be a lot of NWA talents. Tyrus is supposed to be there. Jamie Stanley has signed on. Uh, Joe Galley will be there. Uh, obviously, Pope uh, Jay the God will be there. And I'm sure you'll see a lot more uh, Florida-based talents uh, appearing at this event. But it just—I I feel like—I don't know if they're going to present this on the um, on fight or anything like that. I haven't heard anything specifically, um, but I hope we get to see some of those matches because it looks like there'd be a lot of great matchups and a lot of fresh faces for the NWA. Um, moving forward, the other big news out of the week, of course, is this new uh, NWA All Access. we uh, The press release came out, and I'll, I'll read a little bit from it, but essentially the way that we are going to um, digest the National Wrestling Alliance will be a little bit different going forward. Um, for those of you who have refused to uh, subscribe to the NWA content via fight, uh, you will be rewarded for your stubbornness uh, because it's going to be free to all, on youtube but on a delay so uh your regular episodes of power will now air on fridays as opposed to tuesdays uh like it started so if you're waiting to watch it on youtube you'll be able to see it on friday if you still have fight and uh are subscribing to the all access you'll be able to watch it uh at its regular time on tuesdays um the other big change to it too is um Although the price will remain at that $4.99 for the all-access subscribers, you're now getting all of the pay-per-views included. Um, You're not paying any additional cost for the uh, six pay-per-views, which is also kind of interesting because they're including two more uh, pay-per-views than they had done uh, last year. Actually, I guess it's one more because Crockett Cup and... um, Crockett Cup and, uh, excuse me, uh, the 73rd and empower to work two different pay-per-views. Um, then the, uh, uh, other benefits of being a subscriber of the all access is if you do the annual price, you're actually saving, uh, that, that it's a 49 99 charge, but you're actually saving, uh, two months worth of, uh, billing by subscribing for the annual pass. And of course, uh, they will still have some exclusive content to uh, fight, um, including the the power trip uh, live event that's happening with Trident Trooper wrestling, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, But uh, I think that's a pretty cool deal. And I think it it makes a lot of sense for NWA fans. I think we, I mean, we had discussed at length how going behind a pay window didn't really make a whole lot of sense when they lost so many of the subscribers, uh, from YouTube. But I think, uh, uh DK, I think you and I both acknowledge that there was a need for them to generate revenue, uh, while during the pandemic. And I guess this is the answer. Uh, what are your thoughts on this DK? What, what do you understand?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I think they made the right choice. I think what you got here is it's the pay-per-views being included that are the, are the big thing. And I don't think I ever would have complained as much about the show being behind the paywall. Except for another reason here in a second, because if they had put in the pay-per-views, because then you were like, really, then you really felt like you're getting something. What, what they originally did is they said, Hey, what you used to get for free, we're now going to charge you for. Yeah. You're actually going to get kind of less of it at first. Because, you know, at first they only promised you three shows a month. And, and then they were so inconsistent on what they did for, you know, a power surge versus a superpower. I'm kind of hoping all, you know, hoping all those titles will go away now and just power. I hope they keep it around an hour because the last one ran pretty long. and You know, I start to fall asleep. And- <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the annual deal and going, why Why wouldn't anybody who likes the NWA get that? You know, 50 bucks, all the pay-per-views. I mean, at $25 to pay per view you watch two of them, and you're covered. Right. I mean, everything else then is gravy. So, I mean, I don't really care if I get to see power, you know, three days early. I am interested in seeing what the s- monthly specials are. I'm a little worried that they haven't specifically said they're going to be wrestling events.
2: Yeah, and- I mean, that that's problematic right because i'm not i'm not interested in seeing Carnyland the sequel you know
4: yeah so i mean i don't want to see you know it was a glorious it was a glorious uh year as the exclusive they're also talking about bringing back 10 pounds of gold as an exclusive thing on on uh on the all access and on me that seems more like a youtube show too but you know the the important thing is what you're going to have now is you're going to have a chance to get eyeballs on the product and you know that's what's needed so i'm really excited to watch this first run of this first run of nwa usa and see how it's different than power and I think a lot of people who I mean come on let's be honest if they were getting 5,000 people subscribing that would have been you know overly impressive in my book so you know it's going to go up the number of people who see power now is going to go up by a whole lot hopefully the booking's better, but you know, it's going to go up a whole lot. You know, they're going to get eyes. You're going to be able to advertise your, you know, Nick Alderson made the statement that they didn't necessarily want to go behind the paywall, but they didn't have much of a choice. Right. And I granted that, you know, I granted them that been a year fans have been back for a while. I'm assuming that's what their original deal was. was for a year because just based on timing here and everything like that, I'm, Sure, they reworked it a little bit early, and uh, you know, let's see, let's see if they can get get more eyes on the product. If they can grow, I mean, not just more eyes, but as time goes on, it'll grow. Last time they kind of started to shrink, so let's see if they can grow up from this. And then, most importantly, you know, let's see if it can translate into more subscriptions or more paper. You know, uh, pay-per-view buys, and it, right now I think they got a they got a good model. Uh, going back to the Deval brawl, I have noticed they are they don't really talk about it on their show, so they have started talking about the special power event that they have coming up on February, which name is. Escaping me. Power trip. Power trip. And so, uh, I'm tripping. i tripping, man. Tripping. But, uh, hanging out with Jaden too much, man. Hanging out with Jaden too much. And. But speaking of Jaden, I. You no, know, I'm trying to talk so he doesn't. <laughs>
2: I'm curious as to what you think about this, because you're somebody who did not subscribe to the content that was on Fight. Um, Would this encourage you to watch the program more regularly now?
0: If I was paying for it, I probably would. Um, And if they gave me something worth besides the Empower, I mean the Power -er 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 and the pay-per-views, I I did order two of the pay-per-views, the Empower one and the The NWA one at the Chase, Um, and I enjoyed especially the Empower one. The Chase one was all right. But I ordered them because they had something that did interest me. Um, Right now, for me, their biggest role is Trevor Murdoch. It's a shame they don't do anything that makes me want to see him defend the championship more. But, you know, I do like Trevor Murdoch. He's my main attraction for the NWA and the male roster. I'd like to see, again, more of them. And if the 10 pounds of gold, there's a series. I might watch that if they push Trevor Murdoch and maybe Camille, uh, the, the seven pounds of silver, the seven-pound Burke, <laughs> or the um, the tag team champions, La Rebellion, the 15 pounds of uh, cold-pressed metal. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's some – I mean, I, I really – I really don't care about the 450 pound belt buckle on uh, Tyrus. You know, and 420 49 pounds of that is him. <laughs> so I don't care if they put anything on him and the six man titles and the junior heavyweight title and the world midget title and the jobber title and whatever other 24,711 championships they decide to create. But if it can make if it gives me something a little extra, I might do it because I again i like seeing Trevor and if he can give him a match, you know, if all this is a match that give him something, uh, you know, that might be something that draws me to it. I'm kind of looking forward to the NWA USA. If it is what everything, what they tell me it is, I wasn't there at the taping, so I can't tell you, but if it's something worth watching, I would like to, I'm just glad when they're doing the 10 pounds of gold series, if they decided to do the woman's title from the old women's title that Casey Carlisle had, what is that? 47 and a half pounds of steel and twisted steel and sex appeal or whatever it was, that big <laughs> championship they could have made a battleship out of.
2: I wish I had a photo to put up on the screen because that belt was atrocious. But Huge
0: is that- I think is a good word.
2: Huge Hugemongous, there you go. Yeah,
0: it's
4: currently in a closet somewhere. Where I dig it out. Oh, you have that belt?
0: Yes, he does. I forget. Yes, I,
4: I, I, I think Jaden was the one that christened did the 38 and a half pounds of gold,
0: 47 and one half pounds of, of leather and gold.
2: It gains five pounds every year, just like me. Um, moving right along, uh, well, actually, I want to say my piece, I want to say my piece of yeah, 10. I want to say my piece on it. I really do feel like this is an excellent move for the NWA. Um, You know, early on, those initial episodes of Power were getting somewhere upwards of 200,000 views. Now, I don't know if that's for five minutes or for the entire episode, but they were gaining so many views, so many eyeballs were watching the product. And Marketing 101 will tell you that the best way to sell a pay-per-view is to have uh, people who want to actually see the pay-per-view and who are actually know about it. When the NWA went to fight, they lost a large chunk of that audience. And maybe some of those members of that audience would be willing to pay for a pay-per-view had they known what was happening, what was going on. Uh, But, you know, behind a pay window, it's a lot harder for people to follow the product even if you watch this podcast every week you're still not getting a hundred percent of what's happening on the tv show so i think making it available for the a, a more common audience is a smart move even if it's in delay because you're still going to have people watching the product and hopefully that encourages more people to purchase the pay-per-views and i think in the long run that's where the money's at for us who are ordering the paper uh, ordering fight and getting these pay-per-views for free, we're still supplementing the NWA's income by uh, watching every week, regardless of whether there's a pay-per-view or not. And I think also uh, with, with all the content that's coming, uh, the second show, the live events, I think uh, it just all in all, there's more things that are moving positive for the NWA and having that product, having that show, power and nwa usa available to a larger audience i think in the long term is going to do more for the nwa than um than it being behind the, the pay window with fight so i think that's a, a great move from the nwa great uh right time to capitalize on it our friend uh, guardians of chaos uh said now is the time for the nwa to seize the moment sign some talent get on tv Uh, and you know, he even admits that it sounds easy, but there's a lot of competition in the industry. I don't even know that they need to be on TV. Um, I just think that they need to keep doing deals that are going to encourage more eyeballs to come to the product. And I think with, with that being said, um, the, the, the other, uh, piece of news, uh, that the NWA, aside from launching the new all access is, uh, and I kind of went into this um, today on the website alliance wrestlingcom You could check it out. It's your number one source for news and information for the NWA. Uh, is the junior heavyweight division is really starting to take shape. Um, we know that we are going to have a, a new junior heavyweight champion uh, soon and the tournament the tournament is supposed to play out here on NWA USA. And we got, uh, of course, uh, homicide was uh, you know fast tracked to the finals by winning that uh, scramble match, the twelve uh, man scramble at the, the pay per view. Actually, it was the pre show, and then Austin Aries uh, defeated Rhett Titus to get into that first round or to the second round, I should say. And then Jamie Stanley uh, just uh, just uh, Tuesday on Power won his opportunity. To get into the tournament and as you can see it's it's kind of a set uh it looks pretty good in terms of talent i mean you've got guys like luke hawk pj hawk uh cw anderson colby carino uh, uh davari um darius lockhart is a name a lot of people are looking forward to uh, sal Renaro is going to be there carrie uh, morton is going to be in it um so it's starting to take shape Uh, DK, I know you're a resident junior heavyweight fanatic. Uh, What are your thoughts on this?
4: Well, I think they have some, you know, the problem with all tournaments is that you have to have people who lose in the first round. So you sometimes end up with people that you're not sure why they're in the tournament to begin with, but their purpose is to lose in the first round. (laughs) I feel
2: like you're taking a shot at C.W. Anderson, but continue. Continue.
4: Uh, I'm also taking a shot at Sal and probably Jay Spade and, you know, maybe some others. I'll admit that I got really confused with the Austin Aries-Reptitus match because if in the early days it was booked as a qualifying match, like the winner would get the tournament. And then somewhere in all their hyping and talking, I guess somebody flubbed the line and said that they were, that the winner was going to go into the final or was in the final. And, uh, so I heard that. and So that's what I had thought all this time. So then I was surprised to see it was apparently just the first match of the tournament on the pay-per-view because it was Aries and Titus. So, uh, I see here, and you see, like, Luke Hawk, Colby, Carino, Kerry Morton, James Stanley. And I get worried a little bit. I want the junior heavyweight title to be an important, meaningful title, and not just a young guy's title. I mean, there are older people in the tournament, but I'm not expecting most of them to get too far. So... You know, I'm kind of hoping somebody like, you know, Darius Lockhart or Aries or, you know, or even a homicide, you know, would actually come out on top of this thing. But I'm not don't have a lot of hope, but it would be it would be nice if it was somebody that had name value and somebody who, you know, you could sit there and go, okay, you know, you know, there's a world champion, not oh look, there's some young guy that they put a belt on. So, so that's my that's my only concern with it right at the moment.
2: Jaden, I mean, you you're familiar with a, a lot of the names that are in the tournament. What are your thoughts?
0: I first my first thought is Rhett Titus should have been um, taking a lot more care of. He's a major talent, current NWA. I'm sorry, from current Ring of Honor television champion. So you know, I believe he should have been a little bit maybe instead of Austin Aries versus Red Titus, it should have been Austin Aries versus Sal Rodaro. So then we can have some of the bigger wrestlers further down. I'm kind of intrigued to Carrie Morton. I may be the first time a, a, um, father and son held the NWA world junior heavyweight championship. And Carino, his father was an NWA world junior, but he was NWA world's light heavyweight champion. Even the cat over here agrees with me. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but, um, That'll be be interesting to see a father-son NWA World Light Heavyweight who also held the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and then the son wins the World Junior Heavyweight Championship. That'll be kind of cool. If I had my own personal choice, Homicide, he's talented. He's very good in the ring. He could speak very well. He's got a name value, former Ring of Honor Champion, former NWA World Tag Team Champion. Um, he could still move for his age, and out of anybody in the tournament, he's probably the most recognizable, so I'd like to see that. If you could pull up that uh, tournament bracket again, I'd like to see um, who else I think might be a dark horse that might be very well worth it. Um, yeah, uh, C.W. Anderson is incredibly talented, so uh, it's a shame if he doesn't get it in there. Um, I know he's an older name, and He's he's not the biggest star in there, but he's so good. Austin Aries, he can make anybody a billion dollars. The problem is, is he worth dealing with if he makes you even a million dollars? Um, and you know what? The Luke Hawks and J- PJ Hawks, father and son wrestling against each other, either one of them, I think, could be something that you could build for in the future. So there's a lot of good talent in this company, in this tournament, to be able to create a great champion. Any one of those names I said could possibly do it. Ario Davari is also really talented, too. Um, so, but again, if I had to look through, Homicide. Even though it sucks that he's going all the way to the final, because if he wins it, that means he basically, you know, everybody else has to wrestle 100 times and he gets in with one match.
4: Um, you know, I kind of feel like... Well, it's going to be a fatal four-way, and that's bad, too. Yeah,
2: I, I, I kind of feel like that the uh it's gonna come down to homicide and Austin Aries. I think those are the workhorses of the of the brackets. I think those are the two most well-known names. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Austin Aries was the original, well, I can't say original, but he was also somewhat of a belt collector, having titles from the United Kingdom and Australia, as well as holding the impact championship. Um, and to me although he, he, he has been said to be very difficult to work with. I mean, he's definitely got name recognition, and he's a phenomenal talent inside the ring. Uh, maybe maybe even better than Homicide. Maybe not, uh, but it certainly would be a fun match to see those two go toe-to-toe. But uh, we also know, and uh, somebody in the comments um, actually mentioned it. Oh, yeah, Dave Scooby. Uh, NWA is pushing Carino hard. I think if he wins, it sets up several matchups. Homicide or Aries would add name value and help push up newcomers. I do agree with that as well, but I I just feel like this is going to be either Homicide or Aries. And and my personal pick to kind of step aside from what uh, Jaden said and what some of the folks in the chat have said, I kind of want Aries to win this title. You know, at, at this current moment in professional wrestling, at least in the United States, this, this is the biggest promotion with a junior heavyweight division. Now that the cruiserweight division is kind of fallen by the wayside in the WWE, AEW impact ring of honor. None of them have a junior heavyweight title. And in fact, the only other like significant promotion that I can think of with a junior heavyweight championship would be uh, new Japan pro wrestling and the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. So this would kind of correct me if I'm wrong, DK.
4: Uh, they don't call it the junior heavyweight championship, but it's their lighter weight title. MLW has the middleweight championship. Fair enough. But it, doesn't impact it, still it's, it's, have weight, the, it's weight limit is 205. So.
0: Doesn't uh, impact still have the X division, even though I know that's not about weight limits, about no limits?
4: Yeah,
2: they do. But again, you just said it, it it's not an actual weight division. Um, and and I to to what uh DKM was saying, I did some research today. Uh you know, WWE's cruiserweight title was billed as a two oh five championship. Uh you just said that the MLW openweight championship is, is built at 205 too, or middleweight?
4: Middleweight, yeah.
2: The middleweight's built at 205. The IWGP championship is built at hundred kilos, which is two hundred basically two hundred pounds. And then when you look at the um the NW.
0: 220, yeah.
2: Oh, excuse me, 220. Uh, excuse me. The NWA is billing their title at 225. So that, that's why we're seeing guys like Jeremiah Plunkett squeak into it and uh, guys like um, uh, C.W. Anderson also getting into uh, the tournament because they're able to meet that 225 qualification. So Aren't you
0: going to contend for it, J.K.L.? Uh,
2: I'm, I'm too heavy for the junior heavyweight division. Uh, maybe the open weight when they when they bring that.
0: By. I'm back under the limit.
2: Um, but yeah, I, I we have a we have a somebody in the chat, Selena, who is uh, confused about the NWA, um, and she, I, I'm assuming it's a she, says the NWA like an in indie fed now. These guys you're mentioning are mostly indie guys, uh, Selena. Yes and no. Um, the NWA is owned by Billy Corgan. Yes, that Billy Corgan, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, they've had uh, essentially an internet presence since about 2017 with the uh, their show, NWA Power, debuting back in 2019 on YouTube. And then in early 2021, moved all of the content to Fight TV and and slowly or but surely, bringing all that content back to YouTube. So, if you're interested, a Saturday, this Saturday. Uh nwa usa will premiere on youtube which will feature a lot of junior heavyweight style matches as the junior heavyweight tournament uh starts off there and of course they're building up towards their next pay-per-view which is the crockett cup we don't have an exact date for that but it'll be in march and then uh of course if you just stay tuned to the nwa youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash nwa a lot of content is already up there but they'll also be releasing new episodes of power starting this Friday. So I hope you uh, will check it out and see what you think of it. And uh, if you like this show, make sure you give it a thumbs up and subscribe as we're here every Thursday talking about the NWA, um, usually discussing the episode of power. And then of course on Tuesdays, we do a pre-show where we're getting you hyped up for uh, NWA power. That's on fight.
0: Don't forget to check out Alliance-Wrestling.com, too, for all your news for the NWA, also the United Wrestling Network, and also South Jersey's number one wrestling promotion, Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators.
2: I love it. Thank you, sir. Uh, Dave Scooby points out that Wrecking Ball Ligurski is upset that he can't be in the tournament for the junior heavyweight title, um, which was hilarious. He tweeted that, uh, wait, but, that I'm not I'm not a, allowed to wrestle for it. And I, I mean, in a woke culture, like, Maybe he identifies as somebody who's two twenty five,
4: and that's all. It's important.
2: Um, Willie Bowen asks: Is Jordan Clearwater considered a junior heavyweight? I mean, he should be under the, those weight restrictions at two twenty five. He absolutely could fit into the to that model, uh, but that's just not how they're using him currently. Um, and then James H. Jackson says, "Jaden, you're hired. So uh, congratulations. Welcome to the team."
0: Cool. When's my first paycheck? Uh,
2: We'll talk about that later. And then the last little bit of stuff I wanted to talk about before we get into power was, uh, of course, um, uh, the Power Trip. Power Trip announced their first matchup, uh, which is going to be – let me pull up the the graphic here because I have it. Uh, We're getting a return – to the nwa with chelsea green coming back to take on kylie ray and that's part that's the first match announced for uh nwa power trip uh a tried and true production that'll be taking place uh back again at the uh, uh oak grove kentucky at the valor hall um tickets are available at nwatix.com uh this is kind of surprising because chelsea green uh, is a part of the impact roster has been uh, a very prominent person in the impact uh, on impact wrestling, uh, but she's returning to the NWA. And I, I want to get your take, Jaden, uh, as someone who I know uh, enjoys women's wrestling, uh, Kylie Ray has been doing a lot of good things for the NWA. Of course, Chelsea Green had a big moment at Empower by winning the, uh, the women's gauntlet. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chelsea Green um,
0: coming back to the NWA? Well, Miss Cordona is an excellent wrestler. I'm sorry, Chelsea Green, excellent, excellent wrestler. I'm very much enjoying watching her. I'm glad she's not doing the um, the the uh, mentally unstable.
2: Well, she it. she was. I don't know if she'll still be doing it, but she was.
0: Unfortunately, At, I really do like uh, Kylie Ray. The only problem is will she show up? Um, I never. I I fully support her for mental health and everything like that. It's just, unfortunately, if I'm going to order a pay-per-view to see her, I have to always be fire beware that she may not be there. So I have to keep that in mind. But I do very much enjoy when she's she's on. She's very, very talented. I enjoy watching her. She's one of the better things I think the NWA did is pick her up because she is talented and you just want to see her do well. So I'm hoping, you know, everything goes great for her and we get to see her. And I think that match will be really, really entertaining. Women's wrestling, there's no promotion out there right now that's doing women's wrestling right, and that's a shame. I will take that uh, with, um, you know, like the WWE, they're not doing women's wrestling right. AEW is not doing women's wrestling right. The one place that seems to be doing it best is Impact Wrestling, and that's where, some, where uh, Cordona's wife in is from in wrestling. Uh, if the NWA can do something right with women's wrestling, it gives them an advantage that no other promotion is showing, and it can give them something to grow on. So I hope this match is a good start for something for the 2022, that, where the NWA's women's division rises and shines and really gets empowered to bring the NWA to a next level.
2: DK, your thoughts?
4: Uh, I think it's a good opening match to announce. I'm a fan of both wrestlers. Uh, by the way, isn't a wedding how the Hot Mess character got created in the first place? Anyway.
2: Shouldn't we uh, be absolved from that now that she's officially married?
4: Well, you know, I'm not a fan of going back to the Hot Mess character, so I'm kind of hoping that, you know, maybe now that she's married, that that aspect of her will go away. She's such a talented wrestler that I hate that they find it necessary to do something like that. And, uh, you know, look, she's somebody who I could buy legitimately beating Camille. And so, you know... That's somebody you want to book into a strong position, not book into a crazy position. And so as far as the match itself, I'm looking forward to it because I actually like both of the wrestlers. I think they both have talent and I think they'll both put on uh, a good match. So, you know, good first match announcement. You know, you got me intrigued.
2: Remember when um, Empower first no. got announced? No, you don't? Okay. Um, and Chelsea Green was one of the first names that was listed for the uh, for the um, uh, Gauntlet Maybe. Invitational Cup. Um, she wasn't one of the first, but once her name was attached, there was a lot of um, pal- palatable excitement for Chelsea Green to be in the NWA. It shocked a lot of people. And I feel like this is another one of those like i I feel like this is a great way to get people excited about the power trip if you're in the kentucky area i mean this match might not sell you on going to the event but it certainly should encourage you to because kylie ray is a a, a great wrestler chelsea green is a great wrestler and i expect that they'll both have a great match Uh, and hopefully this match has some implications uh, for the Burke down the road, that maybe the winner of this match uh, might find themselves as a number one contender to that uh, to the women's world championship. As as we'll talk about Empower um, here, or excuse me, uh, Power uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, it, it feels like maybe there's a, a another division with a, a rudderless ship right now, as that it just doesn't seem that there's any real competitive challenge. For the Burke, now that you know Molina lost cleanly, um, and no one has been really able to step to uh Camille, maybe this match might have implications down the road for the women's world championship.
0: Any question? Is it 90 days away? Maybe we can see a New Zealand wrestler who relocated to the United Kingdom and I think actually relocated to the United States. Would it be nice to? a storm front that's not Tim or James to come across the NWA and take Camille and show what she can do. I think I'd like that. And you know what about Chelsea Green, too? W dropped the ball on her, too.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess she – you're right. I guess she has like a 90-day no-compete clause. Um, but if uh, – yeah, I mean, well, the show we're talking about is on February uh, the 12th. Um, did I get that right? Uh, I'll have to pull up the graphic again. Uh, of course the, I can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. February the 12th. So, um, if she, you know, I, I don't think she'll be available for that program, but, uh, uh, you know, Crockett cup is supposed to be in March. That gives us some time. I don't know if we have 90 days in between, but it sure would be cool to see that match, uh, happen. Um, and then uh, what would Luthez do is in the house, and he says that he loves the new development. DKM's beard is coming along nicely, and he's uh, very excited about uh, more NWA uh, free content as well. And then, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make this show all about uh, Selena here, but uh, she says that Chelsea Green is a great wrestler, question mark. Uh, Selena says she'd be decent at best. I, I mean, I beg to differ. I've seen her in quite a few matches where I thought, wow, she's really good. Um, maybe great is hyperbole, but uh, I would say she's a lot better than decent. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that brings us to power.
4: Um, Does it? Are you sure there's not anything else we can talk about?
2: I mean, look, I gave you an hour of not really discussing NWA power. But uh, that's that's about as good as you're gonna get from me. Um, I, I think Terry McDermott uh, had a Freudian slip there. He said that Camille's gonna be hard to beat, but he slipped up and said beard, which got uh, you know we're all talking about your beard tonight, Mister
4: DKM. Um, it's going nicely, so this, don't you think? Yeah, Maybe you guys noticed the blonde in it? This, this isn't It's Actually, I got some blonde spots.
0: Platinum blonde,
4: huh? Well, that's what happens when the wife leaves, leaves her bleach out. I'm
2: not gonna ask any more questions. Um,
4: the show starts, uh, she with highlights Mims. her hair.
2: The match starts with Mims being interviewed by uh Mae Valentine. Uh, one thing that I kind of it bothered me about this interview was. More than once, he said that this was a moral victory. But as far as I'm concerned, in pro wrestling, there is no such thing as a moral victory. You either win or you lose. And MIM's lost. Uh, but uh, he did say something noteworthy: is that the NWA is a family. We defend ourselves. Does that resonate with you at all, DKM? Does that does that feel like that might have been a message to Matt Cordona and 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 Knox and any would be outsider who could think that the NWA might be a new home for them?
4: I really don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of bored me. Uh, look, here's the thing. If Mims is going to be talking in the Cardona-Knox Cardona, area or whatever, then he needs to be in there be competitive. The reason wasn't a moral victory is because the match wasn't really that competitive. I mean, at no point did I ever go, ooh, man, they may give Mims the victory here. There was never a time when I thought, oh, well, wow, I can't believe I thought that near fall had it. And so, you know, if he's not going to be a credible threat in that storyline, then take him out of the storyline.
2: So I see it almost differently, and I and it literally just popped into my head right now. I think the best way to, do, uh, to handle the Mims situation is don't pull them out of the storyline, but have Mims join Cordona and Knox because no one's expecting that. And it certainly would uh, help even the odds if Cordona and Knox are uh, challenging the uh, you know, the uh, pillars of the NWA in the Pope and, uh, and Trevor Murdoch. I think that would certainly add some... Uh, a little bit of different to it. Um, one thing that I did like though, is that Mims is a homegrown talent more so than anybody else in the NWA. Um, he's a young man who uh, is still learning the ropes, uh, was trained with try and true pro wrestling. I think he's a student of, of uh, Anthony Mayweather. So for him to have been on the first episode of power and all the accolades we've talked about him taking that step, even if he wasn't ready for it, I thought was good for his character development and good for storyline down the road. Uh, but I think you're right. If, if he's not going to be a part of the storyline time to pull him out. Um, then that brings us to the next segment, which is, uh, uh, at the podium with Kyle Davis and the rude dudes, Sam Rudo and Jamie Stanley. And, uh, again, not a whole lot here to be said. This was mostly just, uh, um, Pandering to the audience. Uh, Jamie Stanley is is part of the four way that's coming up next. Uh, him and Sam Adonis were supposed to be some sort of a tag team, but haven't really done much as a duo so far. Uh, any thoughts you want to add to that, DK?
4: I mean, they did talk about being a tag team, but that we were going to see him, you know, do some single stuff for the junior heavyweight uh, tournament. And I guess it was a qualifying uh, match to get into that tournament. So, I mean, you know, considering he was in the first match and it was fine for what it was. uh, I don't really know much about Stanley. Uh, Not 100% sure how long he's been along. I'm trying to look it up now. I guess he came in, I guess he started in 17, 2017.
2: Wow. So. Only a couple years.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's completed three, I guess. Three, four. Uh, like I said, don't know a lot about him. And apparently neither does anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Because even looking him up, there's very little information on him other than kind of, you know, no one's really sure when he started or whatever. So well, he,
2: his his uh, segments that he's been doing, uh, you know, for a while there, he was recapping the NWA, and it was, uh, you know, more of a parody video than anything else. But I feel like that's a kind of that's a kind of smart move for a guy like Stanley to get more people to get eyeballs on him, um, and I feel like uh, he might be we might see something exciting with him down the road, but I still think he's uh very early in his career.
4: Well, I guess he um, looking at this and apparently it looks like the NWA is the only one to kind of use them in a more positive light. It looks like he's been enhancement talent and, WWE, you know, for a match, or, you know, probably the local guy that got beat up or whatever. Ohio Valley used him a little bit. Uh, but the NWA has been the main one to use him. He doesn't have a great record, but I don't know. I This is an opportunity to develop somebody. He's kind of a blank slate. Yeah. But, you know, so, you know, let's see what they can do with him. Can they get something out of him. I don't know, but let's, let's watch and learn.
2: And well, that brings us to the four way. Um, this is the play and match to the tournament. Um, so we get Miguel Robles, who uh, we've seen on TV, but he hasn't had a lot of uh, character development or anything like that. Alex Taylor was a guy that, uh, I don't recognize him, uh, before, but maybe he was part of that, um, scramble with, uh, with homicide winning, uh, he previously has worked for tried and true pro wrestling, uh, had worked for the NWA with NWA Saul back in the day, mostly a mid South guy, like working in the Tennessee, Alabama uh, area. And then we had a Jeremiah Plunkett, you know, we all have an affinity for JP, and of course, Jamie Stanley, and that's and that's really where we find out uh, that the the division will be 225 and uh, and under uh, by Joe Galley. He kind of lets us know right there. The matchup is. Uh, I, I kind of feel like this was Miguel Robles' opportunity to shine. Um, he he had a lot of offense, a lot of innovative offense. Um, it's, I kind of felt like Plunkett and uh, and. Uh, Uh, Taylor were there just to kind of catch Robles as he was diving out the ring. Um, The match ended when um, Jeremiah Plunkett connected with an incredible spine buster, caught caught him in the air. Uh, And then Stanley came in and tossed Plunkett aside and stole the pin. So Stanley will be uh, a part of the NWA USA. He'll be in the junior heavyweight tournament. Um I know we're not huge four-way fans here on the show, but I kind of thought it had a unique finish and I thought that the match itself wasn't too bad. DK, what were your thoughts?
4: Well, somebody stealing a pin from someone else's finisher is not a unique finish in a full-time match. I meant I meant
2: more of the catching the catching uh, Robles in the air with the spine buster.
4: Well that was cool. I was kind of upset they took the pin because I was actually most impressed by him there's right. a match. And so if you were saying, if he showed me the match from the start to just before the pin and asked me who should win this match, I would have told him. <laughs> Yeah, same. And uh, I would say, hey, man, here's somebody who you can build on. He's, he's got some skills. Uh, they kind of gave away who was going to win the match by having Stanley out talking yeah. before. So I wasn't surprised. Uh, and it also, to me, shows one of the weaknesses when they do these multi-people matches. That's why I'm not thrilled about the final for the Junior Heavyweight title being a, being a four-way I would hate for the first champion to be crowned with this type of pin. I mean look, they can go four way and do it, but and you know, still do a good quality pin or submission. But you know, these are the type of things I worry about. Because this could be your first champion. Again, you you want your champions to be stronger people. And so I'm kinda or, you know, booked in a strong way. So I'm uh, uh, kind of hoping they don't do this type of ending for the, for the thing. And uh, I don't know. Go Aries. Sure.
2: Um, Jane, I I know you didn't uh, watch the program, but did you have any thoughts on Jamie Slater? Or excuse me, uh, Jamie Stanley or any of the other uh uh, folks in the match
0: not really unfortunately I'm not very familiar with them um, so I can't give you too much of an honest opinion when it comes to four ways they can be done right if it's a four corners elimination match tag you know people in have eliminations and then have the final one um, I, I don't know who was the person that came up with the single elimination fatal four-way rules. they should be um, shot and hung and then set on fire then their ashes thrown into a pool of lava. Um, <laughs> they, it's just, it's so stupid. It's such a cop out It's blazy booking. It's bad booking. Um, it's, I don't know why people would do something so stupid, but it, it, it's, it's modern wrestling and it's all the traps that modern wrestling, the people that think they know wrestling and they watch this garbage that the other promotions have done. And now they think it's a normal thing. It's, Somebody doesn't know how to actually make money, in my opinion, is booking that crap.
2: kind of feel like you might be onto something. Um, so it was Paul Heyman, by the way. <laughs> oh.
0: I, I feel... No, see, at least the three-way dance, a triangle match, which was the big thing, um, there was elimination. So was every other triangle match in ECW. It was an elimination match. The Fatal 4-Way, I, I have a feeling that's a WWEF whatever creation. I wish... I wish that stipulation would get the F out.
4: It was a... <laughs> it, well, okay, it was a combination, Heyman, and whatever. It was something that Heyman helped introduce into WWE. And WWE didn't want to do elimination matches. But there were... I know there was at least one fatal fatal three-way in, in ECW. So... There may have been more. I wasn't a big ECW fan. I didn't follow him that closely, but I know I watched one match, and it was a it was a fatal.
2: Um, moving right along, that takes us to the promo with Kratos and Steven. Kratos and Stevens. Um, I don't know what to say about this. Like it's it's they're trying to be the the uh, Stevens of old, the Aaron Stevens of old. Uh it, it's 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 almost there, but it's still missing something, and I'm not gonna say that it has much to do with um with Kratos being a sidekick instead of, of a question mark. Uh we all know, you know, I enjoyed the question mark. I know you two did not. Um but I do enjoy
0: like- avocado. We already know how people enjoy avocado, and apparently, like the question mark too. they're people that we should um they need to so be so they don't reproduce to exactly. DK. Right. I need mean, I no to joke. break
2: it to you, but I've got three already out there, so you know. Maybe. Um I have three three that I know of. Uh <clears throat> <laughs> um, so with that being said,
4: um, well, then, I can see if I have Michelle on the B dial.
2: Yeah, go ahead. She <laughs> she, she, uh, she would know. Um, and then they're interrupted by the dirty sexy boys, the DSB. Um real kind of odd, like uh I don't know how I felt about this. I know that the uh, velvet sky really enjoyed it. I know Tim and Joe were kind of perplexed by it. I think the funniest part to me was when, when a uh, uh, dirty dango starts talking about Susan in Tampa, who was a cheater that to me, like, I don't know why that just resonated with me. It was funny. I thought it was uh, silly. Um, you know, it's what they're going for. It's just something a little bit off the wall, a little bit zany. Um, the whole banana thing was weird, and I don't know if that was necessary. But all in all, um, just a weird promo. DK, do you have anything you want to add to that?
4: I think Stevens is getting back. Uh, they need to drop Kratos from that thing. They don't have to have a violent breakup anymore or feud. They just, you know send Kratos back after Tyrus or something you know I, I don't care uh, and that's nothing against Kratos or anything it's just, I think them as a team is over and yeah. it, it does not work as well even with Stevens returning back to the Stevens old. although I did like his little poetry rhyming thing there at the end you know it was funny he actually kind of out you know out a the other weird tag team. Uh, DSP needs- uh, first, I, I want to, first of all, I wasn't sure when Joe, uh, not guy, uh, Kyle Davis's podium. I didn't know it was a refrigerator. Because right. Apparently we ha- apparently we can find, you know, glasses of blood and bananas and other weird things. I suppose probably as time goes on. Uh, look, I hate dirty Sexy voice. Plain and simple. Fair I don't like him. And I'll even be more plain and simple. I hate Dango more than anything. I mean, every time <laughs> he spoke, he sounded like the perverted uncle making obscene gesture, you know, obscene phone calls. What uh, kind of uncles did I, you have? Mm-hmm. What kind of uncles did you have? Go watch the movie Rock Opera Tommy. And... Uh, Uncle Ernie.
2: Okay.
4: He was played by Keith Moon, by the way. And, uh, anyway, getting back to that, I didn't know Velvet Sky was turned on by Homo erotica. I mean, and man, next.
2: Um, I do. I want to point out Selena Lopez. I see you know a little bit more about the NWA than you're letting on, because you mentioned Dave Marquez earlier. Now you're talking about Ricky Starks, Thunder Rosa, and Eddie Kingston. Um, yeah, they they've had a lot of great talents. They also had Eli Drake and James Storm was a regular member of the roster. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, like everything else, it's a, an evolving door. The NWA roster changes quite frequently, so uh, you're going to see people come. You're going to see people go uh all the time and uh you know that's just how it is uh next up we get a promo for the NWA USA uh uh junior heavyweight title match which i believe is the main event for this episode uh, for saturday's first episode which is going to feature Hawk Ari collide when the father and son square off for the right to advance in the tournament Luke Hawk and PJ Hawk Jaden as somebody who is uh, i think i think you like Hawk Ari, uh, what do you think of, of that match and, and are you going to be watching uh, NWA USA?
0: I'm more of a fan of Luke Hawk. I've been watching him for a while and he's a very talented wrestler. I know less against PJ other than he likes to jump off the of balconies and balls, but um, I'd like to say it, you know, maybe if, if the Apple doesn't fall too much farther from the tree, that might be something that's very interesting and I don't know. I, I, there's, I'm sure there's a contingency out there that likes to see kids beat up their fathers or fathers beat up <laughs> their kids. You know, I'm sure DK's wanted to smack around his sons more than once. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's definitely knowing DK. I'm sure it's, re, it's reciprocal. So, uh, I don't know. It's something. I you knows <laughs> you're not arguing. Yeah. I think it's something that would be interesting. How often do you see a father versus son? Um, Trying to think of anybody in the mainstream Have you seen I can't think of anybody can you Yeah I mean well Ric Flair took on David Flair But that wasn't exactly anything special
2: No And uh no Um Yeah I, I think it's going to be a fun match Uh PJ has is, To me um I think he Could really be someone special within the NWA his his background In the more amateur style Wrestling really kind of Uh, blends well with with what Hawk Ari does in the ring. Um, I like P.J. a lot, and I think he could be one of these guys that down the road is your junior heavyweight champion. Um, I'm looking forward to that match. D.K., are you have any interest in this one?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be good because obviously they train together, you know, they know each other well, so they certainly, both of them are Pretty talented, pretty skilled. I'm kind of with Jaden. I know, I, you know, they won't be in a ball, so he won't jump off a balcony, which is a, a plus. But uh, as you said, Jay, he has a good blend with his amateur style in. So I I think it could be a really I think it'd be a really good match. Uh, I don't know how much it'll attract people who aren't, you know, wrestling fans in general, but I would, I mean, it's the type of thing I think I'd like to see.
0: This is where YouTube will come in handy, because when this match is on YouTube, you may not know who these two are, but when you see them, you may want to see more of them. So this is where YouTube will come in handy. And I also, this is the NWA, so of course two tag team wrestlers are facing each other.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean that's... <laughs> As, uh, the hallmark of this show, we do believe that William Patrick Corgan hates tag team wrestling. And, uh, we, we talk about that a little bit here in just a moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, odd booking be damned. I think I would have saved this match for the second round, but, uh, uh nevertheless, we will have a, 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 Hawks in the second round who will be facing, uh, Austin Aries, we'll just have to see which one on Saturday. Uh, Next up, we get Sion, who uh, just just a few weeks ago, Sion had asked Austin Idol for a rematch against Tyrus and the television championship said he would do anything to get a matchup against Tyrus and the television championship. And that came in the form of Austin Idol's challenge, which was Jordan Clearwater and Marche rocket uh, teaming up in a two-on-one handicap match uh, that certainly left a lot to be desired. One thing I wanted to point out is that Jordan Clearwater in his entirety of the NWA and as a performer who does very well in championship wrestling from Hollywood has done very well in new Japan strong currently only has two wins in the NWA. Um, and one of those was teaming with Sion against Jeremiah Plunkett and uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. They had a, He had a win against Sion and Jeremiah Plunkett. So um, Jordan Clearwater, not the best win-loss record, but he, he sure looks like he's having fun, right, guys? And uh, they took on, um, again, uh, Sion. In this match, it was basically the, what you would imagine with the two-on-one handicap match. I will say that I thought Sion looked pretty good in it. Um, I especially liked the part where he threw his cape in Marche's face. And went after Clearwater, kind of giving him the opportunity to get some strikes in before the double teams uh, were happening. I felt like there should have been a lot more double team uh, between Marche and Jordan Clearwater. But, of course, that didn't happen. The victory came with Marche connecting with a leg lariat, which I I think they called it all day. Uh, I don't know what the hell the move was called. But um, not a great match. Uh, I, I did think Sion looked pretty good in it. But at the end of the day, like, what, what what's the end what's the end uh of the story here what what is this going to do for the storyline i don't really get it dk what what did you think
4: i thought it was bad booking same i mean really you have the heels put in this you know uh hello my brain left okay i'm back you know the the hill put in this obviously ridiculous obstacle that you wouldn't expect the baby face to overcome, and he didn't. And it, it I'm not going to go through the match. I, the one thing I found interesting is that at the end of the match, uh, Sion hits a you know that uh, rolling Death Valley driver, I guess whatever it's called, yeah, on Clearwater, a Marquez guy. And then Rocket, and I think he calls it the Rocket Kick. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, Rocket hits that leg lariat for the win. Of course, Rocket's an old uh, pal with Billy Corgan. And so it's like, even the booking of this match which is probably why Corgan shouldn't book. You saw very definite favoritism in, you know, how they looked. I don't know who put it together and the back who the producer was. But overall, the match wasn't good. It wasn't entertaining. It didn't keep my thoughts. And so, you know, the bad guys won. And so this is going to follow that normal thing of somehow or another, we will still get another opportunity to face somebody, some way, and some weird stipulation, and then somehow win. I mean, we know where this is heading. This didn't, oh I do didn't help. At, at the end, we saw uh, tyrus. tyrus out there, and then, you know, I don't commentary and they're going, Hey, look, he said, whatever. We kept up our end of the deal. We put him up there. He lost. So he's done. Yep. It's like, how do you argue that? You know, they're like, if he would have won, then he would have got the, you know, match, but he lost. We've done our part. We held up our end of the bargain. And so you got the thing where the heels make more sense than anything a face would have to say. I don't know. Jaden, I mean, just, Based on what you heard,
0: what do you think of the booking? <laughs> the problem is I don't think it's booking. I think it's writing, and that's the problem. we got too many writers. There's not a booker in wrestling anymore, at least not in the major promotions. Um, and I think that's the problem right there. There's a difference between matchmaking. There's a difference between writing, and there is booking. Booking is putting things together in a logical sense to try to draw money. Is anybody at all excited to see anything that Tyrus is in, and then you give them something like this. You bury the challenger. You put a nonsensical storyline against guys who don't normally even win, and now all of a sudden they're winning because of this. I don't know. Um, Next. (laughs) Um, The one thing I did
2: want to point out here is uh, it almost felt like at the end, uh, Tyrus begrudgingly was respecting Sion um he didn't come out and say, hey, I respect you, Booker Man, but literally was like, hey, you know, he, he did a valiant effort, but he lost. That was the agreement. And then, you know, after this, they throw it backstage with another promo, which I, I felt like that was a little redundant. Maybe they messed up in the editing, but you had Mae Valentine in the back with Austin Idol and Tyrus again. And and even she said, what the hell was that? Which got a, a, a Tyrus to say, watch your language, which kind of made me laugh. Um, but it was more of the same, um, basically saying, hey, he had his opportunity. But, but even in this backstage segment, Tyrus is like, you know, guys like that will learn their lesson and find their way back. And uh, it, it just it, it made it sound like that Tyrus had earned uh, – excuse me, that uh, Sion had earned some respect from Tyrus. Um, so that was kind of an interesting dichotomy because we don't typically get Tyrus putting over the competition, and this is the one time where he kind of did. Um, did you pick up on that DK, or or am I just crazy here?
4: Well, unrelated to crazy, I I did. What I couldn't tell was if he was meaning it to be tongue in cheek.
2: I see. It felt legitimate
4: to me. I and maybe it was. I'm just saying. I I honestly couldn't tell. I thought maybe he was saying it like tongue in cheek, like, oh, you know you. You're a good guy. I'm sure you'll find your way back. But you'll also—I don't have to—I don't have to put <laughs> my tile against you. Uh, and kind of what he said is, "You're." What he said is, "You're going back to the end of the line." And then I don't know if he said it specifically about signing because I just don't remember that. But he, he basically said, "If you're good, then you'll come back around." And I, I don't remember if he specifically said let's sign, but. but I just know that, you know, that was his, that was his point.
2: Ter- Terry McDermott said, "Sion has lost his mystery. I think that's pretty uh, poetic. If you guys don't recognize the face below me, uh, that's our pal, Kevin. Kevin is back after a brief hiatus. Uh, he hadn't been around for a while. Uh, Kevin, how you feeling, buddy?
3: I'm doing all right. How's my audio going? It's not great, but we're just happy to see you. <laughs> yeah i'm doing pretty good man i you know a lot has happened uh, since i've been on the show from the last time uh, so it's just been uh, been kind of a roller coaster a lot of good things have happened and then some not so good things have happened
2: um, the floor is yours if you want to go into it or if not we could move on
3: oh no no i mean i mean i can give you the bang bang Uh, I had major surgery on my neck I had artery, carotid artery uh, Surgery And um, A week, as I'm recovering From that, I found out my wife was pregnant Uh, So Went from almost dying to Multiplying Um, And then, uh, you know, went on vacation Uh, Got promoted at my job And uh, Then unfortunately this morning I found out One of my good friends passed away uh, way too young so it's been it's been a lot of ups and downs uh, i'm just glad to see you guys and glad to be here and sorry i'm so late it's just uh the new job's taking a little bit of time to get activated
2: well first of all the most important thing is congratulations papa that's great news very happy to hear that uh that's awesome man uh Wow, and you heard it here first, folks.
0: Uh, yeah, breaking news. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, we Kevin's are, Kevin is a legitimate friend of, of, of all of ours. Um, I consider him a brother. He, you know, we don't see each other because he lives out in Florida, but I love the guy. And uh, you were kayfabing us, man. You didn't say anything about that. So uh, con- congratulations, sir.
0: The Modern Day Heroes. The Modern Day yeah, Heroes exactly. new logo. I got a new logo for you, Kev. You do yeah. yeah. So, multiplies.
3: exactly. That's my that's my new motto. I don't die, I multiply. So, wow. yeah, it was a, it's a really good. Uh, it's been a really it's been a lot of ups and downs, to say the least. So, uh, but honestly, just glad to be back. I I'd love to be able to see the comments, but unfortunately, I can't. But just all the guys and gals in the chat, you know, it's good to be back. Thanks for all the support. Um, you know, it was good getting back in the chat last week, but. You know, this week just to get to see everybody face to face
1: It's great.
3: And you know, um, going forward, I should be good to go.
2: Well, again, that's that's the best news I've heard. Um, and again, congratulations! I'm going to bounce out here real quick, but I'm still here. Uh, yeah, everyone in the chat is uh, celebrating you. They're they're saying uh, you know, good to see you. And 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 Ron Ron Gibson says that he's there oh, goes all my stuff. Uh, sorry. Um, Ron Gibson says that he is, uh, congratulations, hope your baby's healthy. Uh, Dodie says, congrats, Kev, hope your baby's healthy. James H. Jackson says, big Kevin is in the hizzy, congrats, man. So a lot of uh, warm wishes and a lot of uh, happiness to hear the news,
3: man. You know, I think this is a, a lot of people make a lot of comments about technology and Maybe how it doesn't add to our lives, but you know, little little day like stuff like this and groups like this, where I get to see some of my friends from all across the country, um, and I and I get to you know make friends with with people that I might have never met before, and to receive like the love and support that you guys have shown me throughout this and even tonight. I mean, it's great, and I mean, I would just say I would just disagree and say that you know, technology is great. This is this is the way technology should be used because. You know, otherwise we wouldn't have this. So I'm, I'm very grateful for everybody. And just honestly, after the surgery and everything, I'm just grateful to be here and just be alive. To be honest.
2: Well, uh, I think we can all echo that sentiment as well as that uh, we're happy you're here. And, and technology is amazing. Even James H. Jackson wanted to point out that uh, we've been keeping DKM in line for you in your absence. So uh,
3: oh, good. Just, just uh, know so that somebody has I mean, just, somebody has to,
4: you know? Like, somebody has to. Hold on. I think I can boot James from the chat. <laughs> uh, J- hey,
2: hey James, just, James said that this is his extended extended family for life. So take it easy there, DK. Don't, don't go boot Hey. hey I'll, never just
4: know, he, in, I'll just put so, him in timeout.
3: <laughs> so, so first of all, my buddy Bull said he would love to come on the show sometime and, and goof off with us. But he actually had given me a new wrestling gimmick uh, because of the neck. So do you guys want to kind of hear about it? Yeah. yeah. So so it's going to be Starneck. That's <laughs> <laughs> Starnack what? That's it. That's the name, Starneck. Starneck. And, uh, you name? know, <laughs> and, then, and then as the ideas started to kind of germinate, uh, you know, of course, I could go to Mexico and, you know, have a midget wrestler. It could be mini Skarnet. Um You know, and then, you know, as time went on, as the gimmick grew, uh, you know, we could have El E. Hodel Skarnet. Um So, yeah, there's a lot uh, going on right now. We're already talking about T-shirts. So, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> well, I... I... I hate to see the modern day hero gimmick get retired, but if it's for the Skarneck, then I think it's time to bring it back.
3: And the t shirts will be available
0: on alliance wrestling.com, I'm sure. I'm sure.
4: Mer- merch link in bio. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the next thing we have to do, you know, with uh, Mr. Skarneck there is get him in the World Junior Heavyweight uh, tournament.
3: Uh, uh, so, you, know, so, you know, Bobby. Uh, Bumping is what got me the got me the scar. So I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if I ever go back into anything, it's going to be as an announcer or a manager. <laughs>
0: I've watched well, this so many <laughs> times, Modern Day Hero. You never bumped twice.
3: <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> I all my all my bumps came in training with Rodney Mac. It couldn't get any worse than that.
0: Those weren't bumps; These was knocking you down. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get.
4: We're gonna get you one of those like metal braces that you can put over your neck, and then yeah. your finisher, then your finisher can be where you know you hit the guy, your opponent, in the head with your metal brace. I just yeah,
3: they run into the they run into
2: the neck. I just picture you wearing a neck brace like Joel Gertner uh, in the
3: old ECW days. Yeah, the, you know, but it's gotta have like a little hole right here so you can see the scar. That's fair. Because exactly. it's just not cool. Like, without the scar. You can't be neck without the scar. By the oh, we'll way,
2: the we'll honky-tonk
4: man, on
2: the, on the <laughs> man still wrestles to this day, and that man hasn't taken a bump in 25 years. So, Kevin, I think we're on to something here.
3: Well, you know, that's funny because I have I have had people inquire, like, hey, what would it take to get you to come back? You know, stuff like that. And I always say, well... I come back to wrestle Jushin Liger or Rey Mysterio or you know somebody of that like somebody I've always wanted to wrestle that I never got to wrestle. I said, but also I'm not going to bump. Uh, I would tag with somebody, but all I liked, all I can do is my entrance, you know, my comeback and my finisher. That's it. That's all I can do. So after no one seems to be no one seems to be taken on that. So you know. So far, I haven't got anybody to bite on that, so. <laughs> well, when,
2: when Jason Kaylee promotions start J-Cal Pro, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a conversation then.
4: Well, look, we can make you the Goldberg of the junior heavyweight. You come in, you hit a finisher, whatever finisher yeah. you want, and you win the match.
3: You know, we could really take it to the next level if we really wanted to. You know, give me a mask and a suit. And I could be
0: like the giant of the midget division. <laughs> Andre the
3: midget. I could be Andre, yeah, the giant midget, yeah, Andre the midget. And, and what what Kevin and, and Jaden really
2: mean is little people. No, sorry, sorry. Want, I'm not
0: see, I'm not woke. I'm Listen, barely. I've woke.
3: done, I've done, I've done dozens of wrestling shows with with uh, with the midget wrestlers or the little guys or whatever. But uh, they're, def- they're the least sensitive bunch of people you'll ever meet, and honest to God, those guys can go. Uh, Dodie wants to point out that
2: Jerry Lawler still wrestles to this day and is almost becoming the NWA World Champion, and he's in his 70s. So, Kevin, I mean, it, it's right there. It's low hanging fruit, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put some pen to paper and work this out. We're gonna get you back in the ring. Well, just
4: or- the uh, first things first. It's we got Jerry to- Lawler died of a heart attack on air.
3: Well,
2: we gotta talk. It's gotta be money, man. We gotta talk money first. I, every, everything boils down to the, to the green. <laughs> money, money talks, and everything else walks. Um, That's right. Hey, Kevin, is it cool if we go back to the to the wrestling show?
3: What's that? Can we go back to the uh, NWA Power? Of course, of course, of course. I didn't oh, mean to take up so much time. Do we have to? Why? Let's,
2: let's be honest. Talking to Kevin was a lot more enjoyable than watching Power. But it's kind of our responsibility. That's kind of like what we do: we retcon, we reconfigure, we uh, reconsider what NWA power was, and talk about it with our pals here. So let's let's talk a little bit more of the show before it gets too late. Uh, we get uh, we get the next up. We get uh, Kyle Davis with Misa Kate and Camille, and Misa Kate uh, slides in a challenge to Camille as they promote the match that they're about to have. Um, Fun
4: little promo. Nothing special. DK, did you have any thoughts? Anything you wanted to add? Who's Misa K? Why is she teaming with Camille? Why does Camille not want to team with Misa? And do I care whether the two of them wrestle ever or not? No. And so, you know, we know Billy hates tag teams. So his answer, of course, is to create a tag team by forcing the woman's champion he doesn't force the woman's champion to come out and wrestle to be seen by the fans to you know defend her title or to have a non-title match or i don't know anything else he forces her to tag team with somebody she doesn't want to tag team with somebody none of us really know and somebody who goes you know, we'll we'll face each other and I'll win. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, Misa, honey, shut up.
2: You don't want that smoke.
4: (laughs) 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 It's like, okay, yeah. I I guess the only thing it did is it made me go, can they go in the ring next week so that Camille can beat the crap out of her for about five minutes before she pins her? Because right now that's the only thing that drew me any interest.
3: It wouldn't be a show if I wasn't trying to interrupt DK. Um, so, Jaden, like, you're the guy that seems to know these people that we don't know. Do you know Misa, Misa Misha,
0: Uh, No, uh, it's, honestly, I don't. Um, I didn't watch it, so I, I can't say I've even seen her in the ring. I know nothing about her. Uh, Misa know nothing about her, to quote Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> Not really anything that impresses me. But you know, you know what? She might be really talented. The best thing you know, the NWA has an advantage of it, they're using these people. Right now, just in the world of wrestling, there's very few people that are hidden secrets that are unknown that have come out onto a wrestling promotion and all of a sudden make a huge impact, pun intended, for that promotion. Everybody's been seen. So if this girl's not well-known, that might be something that the NWA can do. They can Create a brand new star that nobody's ever done anything with before.
2: You know, and and I didn't have a problem with her promo. Um, uh, DK is right. I, I'm not super familiar with her, but um, you know that's that's okay. Like like Jaden just said, like sometimes uh, being unknown is not necessarily a bad thing, and bringing in new talent, I think is is also could be exciting. Um, and she wasn't half bad in the ring. Uh, but to to DK's point, it's it's weird to me, and this is just bad booking that we get a a makeshift tag team in the smiley dragons that they're trying to push we've seen them wrestle uh, at the pay-per-view hard times too uh they were supposed to have a match at by any means necessary of course uh, kylie ray had a uh a, a mental health break so she wasn't there for that match but she was at hard times too where they teamed up um and then you put another tag team a makeshift tag team together in Camille versus Misa Kate, I, I think what would have been more suitable for the people involved were been a one-on-one match with either Misa Kate and Camille or Camille and Kylie Ray, or Camille and, and, uh, Tootie Lynn. It just felt like this didn't make a whole lot of sense. Bad booking. Um, in, in, I mean, that puts us into the match. Uh, you know, God forbid we just get a woman's world title match on power, but, uh, I did like to see Kylie Ray's intensity. That's one thing that she doesn't lack when she's in the ring is very intense. Like she, she smiles and has the mystique of a baby face, but when she's in there, she kind of wrestles like a heel and she went right after Camille. There was no, there was no like beer there. And, uh, Misa Kate did most of the, uh, the work in the match. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like Kylie Ray and 2 Lynn are developing some chemistry, which is good because there is no real women's tag team division, but I, I just feel like this match, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's setting up Kylie Ray versus Camille down the road. Um, Kylie got the win with her submission on, on uh, Misa Kate and post-match Misa Kate kept yelling at uh, Camille, like, Hey, you weren't there. Camille was like, why did you tap? And uh, all in all, it was uh, just a, you know, it was a, it was an okay match if I'm being honest, but I just felt the booking was pretty dumb. I have a question.
4: Yes. Yeah, you're pretty jealous. So how many
3: how many how many matches has Misa K won? In the NWA? Yeah. Uh, zero. I think that okay. I think that makes DK's point like one hundred percent. I don't think there's anything wrong with building up new talent and getting them new exposure, to Jaden's point. Um, but why why somebody who, like, wouldn't it be nice to at least get her a little bit, like, built up before you interject her into a major angle? I don't know. It's just kind of a question. I didn't watch. I didn't see. Maybe she's a prodigy, and I just didn't know it. But uh, it seems a little bit strange that they would they would do something like that.
4: Okay, I found out why.
2: Besides from being ch- from Chicago?
4: No, that's it. She's Chicago, sweetheart. Anybody know Bryce Benjamin and Steve Boz? I don't
2: know who either one of them are.
4: Well, they were her trainers. Okay.
0: Steve Boz, I do recognize the name. He is a one of so, those... Um, I don't recognize his name either. I do recognize Steve Boz. He's from that area, so I do know of him. He's from... So that which Chicago one did you recognize? Area. Steve Boz.
3: Interesting. That was just right. my question. I'm sure we don't have to be labor over an insignificant match.
2: So, and, and then, DK, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that, or can we move okay. on? DK, did you have anything you wanted to add, or should we move on? Okay, DK can't hear me anymore. Um,
4: next Let's up... Move on, that was horrible match.
2: Next up was... Uh, Another backstage segment with May. We didn't get to see a lot of May Valentine this week. Um, she was back with Team Aldous, uh, which consists of Mickey James Aldous, your Impact Knockouts champion. Of course, the recently re signed Nick Aldous and Anthony Mayweather, who isn't a part of the f- any kind of faction with Nick Aldous, but is part of the Aldous family, apparently. Um, Aldous put over NWA USA like it was like you would expect. Um, Mickey uh, mentions that she wants to continue teaming with Kiara Hogan, and Mayweather sounds like he'll be searching for gold when NWA USA uh, comes back, so uh, it sounds like we're going to get um, Mayweather perhaps pursuing the national champion Chris Adonis. There's not a whole lot more to be said than that. Um, I do like the fact that Mayweather and uh, and Jax have, have kind of moved on from their feud and, uh, seeing, uh, I think Mayweather would be a perfect addition to the national, uh, division as it were. I think he would be a good, an opponent for Chris Adonis. And of course the history with Adonis and, and, and Tom Latimer and Nick Aldis and now Mayweather, I think could lead to some interesting matchups down the road. So I was okay with that. DK, is there anything you want to add to that backstage promo with, uh, team Aldis? DK frozen, so I'm gonna say no.
3: Um, well, I, I would say that, though I didn't get to see uh, the promo, it is really exciting uh, to the the con the thought of Mayweather um, in the national title scene. I think he's perfect. But yeah. He's the he's the perfect kind of guy for for that. If he's not going to be going for the world title, apparent obviously he's not going to be doing the the tag titles anymore. I think he's a great guy for that belt. And honestly, like, I think he would do more for it given that he's kind of an NWA guy. Um, he would do more for it than Adonis. And, again, I, I tend to come across as an Adonis hater, though I'm not. Uh, I just don't feel like he's done. he does a whole lot for the brand uh, in his current uh, role. You know, it's not a knock on him. I just It's not just his fault. The NWA is really not doing much with him besides slapping a belt on him.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, that takes us to the Fixers with Colby Carino and the OGK uh, at the at the podium. Uh, Kyle Davis, once again, uh, getting a lot of work tonight. Um, the Fixers uh, are Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Jay Bradley. Um, and they came out holding uh, Colby Carino on their shoulders like he was some sort of uh, champion, some sort of hero. Um, What it comes down to is Matt Taven puts over Wrecking Ball, puts over Colby, puts over all those guys before calling them Melvins, and then uh, basically challenges uh, Wrecking Ball to a one-on-one match. So we were just talking about how the NWA put together a, a tag team match for the women's division for two wrestlers who had never teamed before. They put them in a tag team match for whatever reason, Now we have two tag teams that are ringside, but instead of getting a tag team match, we get a one-on-one match. So that was a little uh, off-putting to me. And again, bad booking part two. Um, The other part was Colby Carino's voice became extremely raspy and very uh, Crusher-esque. And I kind of felt like he was uh, adding something to uh, that was unnecessary. Uh, his voice was very nasally whiny before. And all of a sudden he's talking like a death metal music singer. It just didn't really fit for me. And, uh, the joke. uh but then they, uh, they brought it into a, a match. It was a little bit longer than I would have anticipated. And, you know, Legurski for his size could move very well in the ring, but kind of like what, uh, what we were talking about earlier, um, and, you know, when I saw this match, I know right away Matt Taven's gonna win. I don't understand why they put a match like this on TV and gave it as much time as they did. Uh, Taven was gonna win. We knew that going into it. Um, and the match I mean it, the match itself wasn't bad. I just felt like it was too long for what it was. The finish was a sunset flip power bomb um, from uh, from Taven to Ligurski. There was no interference on either side. It was just an okay match. DK, what did you think?
4: Uh, You know, I was disappointed in that I really liked Mac Taven and I really expected to like this match. And yet I couldn't get into it. And, you know, maybe it was just all the bad stuff that I had seen beforehand had already crippled me. But, uh, yeah, it went too long. That was my number one thought. So it should have been like a five minute match and. It wasn't and so at least the right guy won i think it worried at a couple of points that maybe he wouldn't but
0: you know i'm actually surprised it wasn't a great match considering it's teacher versus student
2: right and that was an element to it as well um it was teacher versus student but again it just i just felt like this went way longer
4: than it needed to well and that may have been the weakness and that I think teacher gave student too much. Yes. I, I, I think teacher was trying to get student over, but it didn't work.
2: Yeah. I agreed. And, and like, look, I think Wrecking Ball Ligurski, he's starting to grow on me. His Twitter presence, he's funny on Twitter. Uh, you know, they're a bunch of goofs. They know they're a bunch of goofs. Um, power, they're being, you know, managed or, or represented or whatever by Colby. Um it, it, it is what it is. Uh but again I just felt like that match was kind of kind of boring and uh, you know, I should have liked it better than I did.
4: Can I point out that this was like the first normal match they had on the show or four matches in this like the first normal one we it's had. The-
2: Terry McDermott says that it was better than the first three matches.
4: Well, I'm not even going to argue with him on that. But, you know, we had the four way to start. We had the two on one handicap match. And then we had the tag team match with the tag team that didn't want a team together. And so this was like the first time that you had, okay, there's history between these guys. There's a reason that they might be facing each other. And although I didn't get into it, uh, and I felt it went too long, at least it was the first time in this show that was like, okay, here's a wrestling match. I mean, Jaden, would you ever go four matches in before you put on a wrestling match?
0: Oh no, honestly, um, I'm no Booker. I know a lot about wrestling. I leave all the the all that stuff to professionals like Dr. Lauren Zirconium, but that's not television for me. I mean, in the glory days of the AWA, the promos were the important part in the glory days of Jim Crockett promotions. The in between the matches was often more exciting than what the squash matches were, but you still got to see wrestling matches, you know, um, it put more of a scar on my eyes than the scar on Kevin's neck right now. Just a – I don't understand that. It's a wrestling promotion. Why can't we have – I don't know. What's this thing called? Oh, yes, wrestling. Why can't we have that nowadays?
1: Uh, I, I, would, I would actually go out on a limb, uh, uh, Jaden, and I think DK and Jay probably would agree with me on this one that I don't think they know how.
0: No, there's no um, out of the limo. I really that. don't. That's obvious as the scar on I your just neck. Don't.
3: Yeah. That's it.
1: By the way, I think I think we've got a nice hand gesture. Like, so guys, if you're in the crowd and we're chanting "scar neck," it can be like this. You know, like for the scar, the, the angle of the scar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are cracking me up. Um, call no, you I agree. I agree. I just think um, I think I think they don't know how. Uh, we, I talk a lot about this with a lot of my friends that are, were in the business or still in the business today. And, you know, it's just it's, – it really has – it is one of those arts. Sometimes things like die off with the generations. And when the younger generation ha- shows no interest or value uh, in what the older generation has to offer, um, that's how you lose it. And, you know, the fans right now don't really know what they're missing. Uh, and I really believe if they had an opportunity to see it, they would, they would appreciate it a lot more than what they're seeing these days.
2: All right, so uh, let's jump to uh, backstage again. Genocide is with Mae Valentine, and uh, she basically washes her hands of Powell Blaze. Um, that's basically the gist of that promo. Uh, we don't really need to harp on that. Next up, we have. Knox and cordona at the podium with kyle again uh cordona uh paints a picture of trevor murdoch being kind of a well there's no nice way to say an asshole in the locker room uh back in his wwe days and that (laughs) kind of paints the picture of that's why he's there in the wwe to kind of excuse me in the nwa to um you know kind of kind of give trevor the same treatment that trevor gave uh, Matt back with he was uh, starting in the WWE. Um, these promos aren't really selling me on Cordona or or on uh, Mike Knox or any of it really. Um, DK, you're the only one that besides me that watched it. Did you have any other thoughts on that one?
4: Yeah Cordona just did like white bitch.
2: I like I I wanna like Cordona because I know what he did with game changer wrestling and how Many eyeballs that brought to GCW. Um, I know that he's always had a great fan base, but I just feel like him in the NWA is is you know he's going through the motions.
0: This to me sounds like it's a uh, WWE undercard feud that's being brought to the main. Well, and again, I
4: think yeah. there's. Go ahead, DK. Kind of, Uh-oh. but I was going to say, I, you know, again, I think it's. Booking,
3: yeah.
4: Can you hear me? Am I still yeah. there? Hello.
0: You've never been there, DK.
4: I think it's booking. I, I think it's just booking again. I don't think they know how to book book anybody correctly. How to book anybody the right way? They just. I mean, I'm. I'm sorry. You know, Billy's biggest experience behind the scenes in wrestling was in tna and not tna when it was good and despite the fact he claimed to be an old school wrestling fan you know jim crockett promotions mid-atlantic georgia championship wrestling or you know wwa or a uh, awa or whatever that's not the way he books and so i you know We've said this over and over again. Talent is fine. Booking sucks.
1: I have a question. I have a question. and I also have a statement about... I actually second what Jaden is saying about it. Kind of being like... uh, Making your main event a WWE undercard. You know, like... It really kind of is. These are guys that really never generated... The kind of interest um in WWE I don't know what makes you think they're going to generate that kind of interest in the NWA and you know I think Trevor Murdoch like has held the belt way too long at this point um because the reality was is his story was good and it was interesting because he was chasing after the belt um now that he's got the belt it really feels like the value of the NWA title is starting to kind of wane uh, and again, it's just because he's not the kind of guy that should be holding the belt. Um, that that's kind of my my two cents on it. It just it, it it's underwhelming because it we're talking about wrestlers who really where you have a whole roster full of wrestlers that maybe you could hang your hat on. We talked about Mayweather, um, you know, guys that really haven't uh, I guess you could say soiled their name, you know, made themselves undercard or midcarders. Uh, at the WWE level, and the reality is, is you should be taking those guys and building them up with these former WWE guys. Uh, but I also will say that at least this sounds interesting. It may not be interesting in the execution, but it kind of sounds funny to me. He's like, oh, you're an a-hole back in WWE locker room, so I'm going to get my revenge. I mean, that's kind of funny and it's kind of cool. Um, but from the way it sounds, the execution just wasn't there.
2: No, and, and, well, and to what, what I'm going to slightly...
4: Earlier, just, gonna slightly just... Go ahead. Go ahead, DK. I was going to tell Kevin I'm going to slightly disagree with them and point them back to the beginning of this uh, podcast where we talked a little bit about it. I, I don't have a problem with Murdoch as champion. I have a problem with how the fucking Murdoch is champion. Yep. In that, basically, every time he defends the title they leave him laying in the ring and it's like he's not coming they're not booking him like he's a you know a world champion they're booking him like he's someone who gets beat up all the freaking time and somehow this manages to keep his title. and so it's
1: very Dusty Rhodes
4: well yeah Dusty Dusty didn't like face champions and you know like look when you had well, Blair he's, he's, he's kind a of champion in a
1: good very ball. much well that's what happened to Dusty a lot when he was a champion was he would always get left laying and bloody and that's why I say he's not good holding a title he's good going after a title more than more than anything
4: and, well, and sure to- and, I, and that got old with Dusty too you know I've told a yeah. lot of people by by Starcade 86 I was over Dusty Well, he, he stuck around for another two years but Man, I didn't care because that same reason he, he couldn't. Everybody turned on him, and he was always left laying. You know that that gets tiresome. Let's and so you
0: know, real, real quick. I think the main problem for me with Trevor Murdoch is the uh, what I call the Wiley e. Coyote uh, incident, and Sting had the same problem. They. Book him to be the champion, but then what's next? Wiley Coyote, for the one time he caught the Roadrunner, he finally got the Roadrunner, and he put up a sign that says, okay, you wanted me to catch him. What's next? Sting. He finally won the World Championship from Ric Flair, but then they had nothing planned for him after that. And that's the problem. There was no plan for Trevor Murdoch. And if this is the plan, maybe they should go back to the drawing board.
2: I mean, that's a fair point. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about a wrestler that DK actually likes. And that's uh, his new favorite wrestler, Natalia Markova, who took on Paola Blaze. And uh, this was just one big giant squash match. I think, I think DK's uh, uh, fascination was uh, Natalia Markova was more that she was very aggressive in the ring and, you know, really kind of put on a good match. This was your typical squash match from the 80s that you would see on WWE programming. Um, Paola Blaze had very little tenacity or fortitude in this match. Um, But Natalia Markova came out looking like a star. Uh, DK, did you want to add anything more to that?
4: No, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. They made Markova look like she was... uh, Powerful, dominating, strong, aggressive wrestler. She got in there. She she beat her up, and then she pinned her. Yep. Yeah. And you know, you know, these are the type of things. These are the type of things that make me go. See, you keep doing this because Markova's is not a well-known thing here in the U.S. Nope. And even on the indie scenes, so you put her in these type of matches every other week. You up the competition a little bit as you go. Now you have someone that you go, okay, we already know her and Camille have met in the past. I think she even holds the victory over her. I'm not 100% sure, but I think she does. And then, so now you have a credible challenger, Camille. And it doesn't matter whether in the first time around she wins the title or not. The thing is, it's somebody credible who I think could win the title. Whether she wins the title or not, that's another booking decision that there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer to. But I need to believe that there's a possibility she can win the title.
0: Based on the way the NWA books, next week <laughs> she'll be losing to Cody Lynn or something like that.
1: Well, that is a fear. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jaden. 100%.
2: I mean there you go uh that uh so that takes us to um another backstage segment with may I, again the show is chalked with a lot of in-ring competition but a lot of backstage segments podium segments promos whatever you want to call them um and i don't normally have a problem with that but when a show is going as long as it is um i felt like maybe they should have wrapped it up clean up some of these you know get rid of the unnecessary ones this one was very unnecessary. It was Nick excuse me, uh, Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer. And they're basically talking about how USA, NWA USA should be their show because they're the only two worthy of uh, being national champion. It just felt so forced and so just dumb. A waste of time. DK, is there anything you want to add to that?
4: I mean, we saw earlier that They spent a lot of time. On this pay behind the paywall show, advertising a show that if they said nothing about on this episode would draw more viewers than we're watching this episode. Of power, right? And it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, I would expect to see this on USA put over the idea of power. Power was still still one hundred percent behind the paywall. But, or if you're just putting over the two shows because they're going to be different. But yeah, for this, for as long as the show ran, and, you know, let's be honest, it, it could run a long time if it's entertaining, This the particular episode wasn't entertaining. No. And it, it affects things like even the main event that we're getting ready to talk about here. So, no, it was unneeded. They need to cut down on the number of promos in general or take segments because they do like five of them in between every match, it feels like.
2: Yep. So All let right, me well, ask you a question. Yeah.
1: Sorry. So, not seeing this promo, but just guessing maybe how it sounded. So, maybe it sounded something like. Uh, 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 uh.
3: And then, and then, and
4: then, I thought you said you didn't see it. I thought you said you didn't see it. You're only wrong in one way in that the tongue never went up. It was,
2: Adonna says,
4: you know this show is gonna be about the national title, and really, it's gonna be a show about me, Adonis, and maybe they could show me training and 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 taking
2: vitamins. And then you got Ladder going, "Oi, mate!" Of course, it's gonna be about us because we're the only two who should hold that title. Everyone else the J bros, and that
4: was
1: basically.
4: So,
2: where's my colonel? finally some reprieve is heading our way because now it's time for the main event the end teaming with jacks dane the dane event will be taking on la rebellion with homicide now the last time the end were in a six-man tag match they had the pope so i feel like they definitely upgraded in terms of power size and and all that with jacks dane However, this is the second time that Homicide has teamed with La Rebellion, the first time going back to July 6th episode of Power. Um, In the end, uh, Dane and The End did a great job of keeping Homicide in the ring, uh, but Homicide is uh, tenacious and is a wily veteran and was able to get the victory on Paro with a cutter. This was a big six-man tag match. The announcers talked about... uh, uh, Billy Corgan's affinity with the six man tag and how matches like this might lead to a creation of a six man tag title. Um, it was a good match. It wasn't great. Uh, there were some fun spots. Uh, Paro shows to me that maybe he shouldn't, it feels like Paro has a hard time keeping up. And when you have guys in there like Jack Stane, who's bigger, stronger and faster. Um, I just, start to feel like maybe paro might be redundant and i i want to like paro there's a lot to him uh that i i i mean sometimes he looks like he could be an amazing dominant uh wrestler and other times he looks lost in the ring um but seeing uh mm-hmm. la rebellion kind of do La rebellion type things uh being very fast in the ring Mecha wolf being stronger than he looks uh, a being faster than you would think and of course homicide being a homicide it was a pretty good match. Um, I, I was okay with it. It wasn't the best match I've ever seen, but it wasn't certainly not the worst. DK, what were your thoughts on this one?
4: I think I would have enjoyed this more if it had been the fourth and final match. Yeah. And that I was kind of burned out by now, and the rest of the show had been so bad that I kind of just, you know... I couldn't get into it. I couldn't just, you know, watch and enjoy it. Uh I saw that, Kev. Too much, <laughs> too much homicide getting beat up, probably, for my liking. Uh, they killed Paro. I mean, they really...
0: I didn't see this match, but it was just by your description I, I got a couple things out of this. Number one, their potential future junior heavyweight champions getting beat up by three bigger guys a lot. Number two, um, I have seen a little bit of the end in the NWA and they're not the same tag team, especially Paro, that I've seen in all Japan pro wrestling. I think the pandemic and the not wrestling on a regular schedule, And maybe even married life has put a little too much on uh, Paro's bad knees. And I don't think he's the same wrestler that he was before the pandemic started and before his time in the NWA.
4: You know, I, I don't even really have anything against Paro other than, again, the way he's been booked. I mean, he tends to be his single matches. He tends to lose. Uh, if there's a pin in a tag team match, he tends to take it. Uh, Jack's Dane, who we love and adore, had nothing to this. It had to take a horrible bump out of the ring by horrible. I mean, it didn't look good. And, uh, it was worse than the rough bump on the final ROH pay-per-view. You know, he kind of got hit and then had to find a way to make it look like it was knocking him out of the ring. And. uh, (laughs) But. i would heard (laughs) that Paro is presented well and strong in New Japan strong. No. Paro's not
2: in New Japan strong
4: it's not, was he? Well, where is he? Someone, somewhere, someone, somewhere out in California made it sound like Paro was presented well.
2: In all Japan somewhere. pro wrestling, is but what, whatever. Uh, he, all, J- all Japan pro was where he was with uh, with uh, um, uh, Odinson, and then they had a run in Evolve too, where they looked pretty good. Of course, that was before Evolve was sold to the WWE. Uh, more on that.
1: You know the. You know, this. I'm know gonna the jump
4: in Oh, right. go. go ahead, DK. Well, I was just i was just gonna say, and then the floor is all yours. Is I I really don't know if it's him or again that's NWA does not present anybody but their top three or four as credible wrestlers. Everyone else, mm-hmm. they just, they're either kind of a joke or they're comedy or they're not presented well and you know jordan clearwater being you know the best example of that and so i I hold nothing against paro but uh, in the nwa i just have no need to see him anymore because i already know how it's going to go so kevin your thoughts if you were the one that's interrupting
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it wouldn't be a show if I'm not trying to interrupt DK. So, no, no, my thing on Paro, and I still hold to this until I see something different, he's a big, tough guy against little guys. And when he fights bigger guys or guys his own size, he really doesn't come across the same way. Uh, So, to me, when I'm watching him wrestle, like, he just never really has sold me. And the only time I've thought of him as, like, a big, bad dude was when he's wrestling like a smaller guy, but when he wrestles bigger guys, it doesn't seem to translate the same. And you know, certain comments that Jay's making, where it looks like he's having trouble keeping up. And again, I just, I just think like it, it's really, it really just seems like in 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 DK. You know, I agree with you that the NWA kind of has their guys that they push, but they're always. Things that you can do in your promos, in your entrance, in the way that you wrestle in the time that you're given to get yourself over, regardless of what the company's doing. And to my from what I've seen of the end, they're just not doing that. And regardless, you can be put in a terrible situation, but you're still going to have plenty of time to do things that can get you over. And, you know, I just haven't had that. Jax Dane's a great example. I mean, they've done everything they can to bury that guy in certain, in many situations, make him look like an idiot. But yet he's still doing what he can to get himself over. And, and again, I'm not using him as a prime example, but I'm saying the NWA trying, wasn't trying to push him. It just he's kind of taking those opportunities. I just think your, I just think honestly that the end just haven't been that impressive to me. Uh, with the exception of maybe right early on when they started well, with the NWA. I'm going
4: to agree with you, sense um, I was still interested in other stuff. Yeah.
2: So then, uh, that's really the end of the show. I mean, I don't know if you guys even want to talk about the, the, you know, uh, post-credit scene with uh, Sal Renaro, but basically the dude's lost his mind. He's a part of the uh,
4: James Mitchell Colts. Um, nope. I don't think we even need to get into it. Um, well, look, I'll, I'll say this: that was the most WWE thing I've ever seen in on this show. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent horrible, horrible, horrible. You know, let's scream we're fake. Let's scream that we're entertainment. Bad
2: entertainment. At night. Yep there's no uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It was it was bad. It just wasn't very good at all. Um, so that's gonna do it for us, guys. That's the show. Uh, I, I don't have a, a high note to end it on. Um, it wasn't a very good show. It wasn't booked very well. Um, I was disappointed in a lot of things. There was a few good things. We did have a return of Neck to our show, which. <laughs> is pretty good um our pal pole jump is here and he says, say hey, sports entertainment has no place in the nwa pole jump thanks for checking us out man we do appreciate you being here um, but that's going to wrap it up for us tonight again um kevin soon to be papa how can folks follow you on the socials
1: uh yeah so you can find me on twitter at um uh scar 247 uh you can find me on Instagram at um Scar Neck Scar 247. The, the Scar Neck name was already taken. Um, and then. <laughs> that's that's no, amazing. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I, the entertainer in me still exists. Um, no, you uh, you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. You can uh, use the spelling on the name on my uh, on my thing there. It's Kevin Lee, L E E E Frazier. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I uh, haven't been doing a whole lot on social media, not that I really ever was um you can find me on instagram under the same name or if you want to watch some of my wrestling matches which is probably what you'd be more interested in uh you can find me on youtube you can search kevin douglas wrestling douglas like the name d-o-u-g-l-a-s <clears throat> uh or you can go to my channel uh kevin douglas 247 and you'll find a, a ton of wrestling if if you're interested in that sort of thing and promos some really goofy promos at times
2: uh, Jaden, I know that you don't have a social media presence, but uh, the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators do. Uh, do you want to plug your next uh, uh event that Dr. Lawrence Zirconium is putting together?
0: I got a couple to promote, maybe like January 15th. Former NWA territory, now known as IWA Vintage, makes their return, and they're going to have a main event of Rhett Titus defending the Ring of Honor Television Championship against Brian Johnson of the Ring of Honor fame. And that's going to be a match well worth the ticket price alone. That's going to be at the Phenom Factory in Millville, New Jersey, Saturday night, uh, January 15th. So make sure you check that out. Again, that's going to be... Rhett Titus versus Brian Johnson, both of Ring of Honor fame for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. So That's something I think you definitely want to see. Plus, there's a ton of professional wrestlers. Really, really great. Not only that, but Daredevil Dave Doll will be on the show. (laughs) And then, on Saturday night, February 26th at the Max Fit Sports Center, located at 240 Delsey Drive South in beautiful uptown Glassboro, New Jersey, you'll see the return of dog for the our event, known as "Marking Our Territory,"
2: I love that name.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't remember, but I got that from, or they got that from somewhere. But um, <laughs> the main event is going to be the all-time favorite wrestler here of the Alliance guys, Ray Jazz, defending Ray that Jazz. dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators heavyweight championship against former champion Breaker Moran, the man who's never lost it. And I'm going to announce this right here. I just got this permission to announce this there'll be a rematch this is the final time that these two will be fighting against each other ty thomas who has been feuding for a long long time with nikos ricos and nikos ricos has been sneaking out victories this will be the final encounter and i've even heard that this might even be loser league dog for one whole calendar year it's going to be nikos ricos ty thomas final time this just to settle this feud will Nikos Ricos continuous undefeated streak against Ty Thomas, or will Ty Thomas come out victorious? You'll have to be at the Max Fit Sports Center to find out. Tickets are only twenty dollars. You can check out dogpro wrestling.com. That's D A W G. There's an awesome webmaster. I know he's going to be updating it soon once more information's out there. Probably not on Monday. And then also, you can check us out on YouTube. I have no idea what the YouTube is. I think it's youtube.com forward slash dog wrestling. but I don't pay attention to that stuff because I don't believe in social media. If you want to hear me, you have to hear me on here on the Alliance Guys radio. and It's free, but they should be paying. you should be paying to listen to this. And then you can check us out at uh, twitter.com forward slash dog wrestling, I believe. Or cool. check out facebook.com forward slash Lawrence dot Zirconium. He is the CEO, the owner of Dangerous Drill Wrestling Gladiators. If you want to find out more about them, check him out. And you can always check him out and all kinds of information on the alliance-wrestling.com because the webmaster also likes to put that stuff on there too.
1: Uh, DK. By the way, I just want to jump in real fast. Uh, sorry, DK. I got to interrupt you yet again. Uh, guys, if you are in the area too, go check out uh, one of these shows that uh, Jaden's talking about. Uh, I've actually participated in them. They're amazingly run shows. They're fantastic. Uh, this is what independent wrestling is all about. So if you have the privilege to actually get out to one of those shows, I I strongly encourage you to go out because they really do put on a great uh, put on a great show out there.
0: One quick edit though, Dog Pro Wrestling doesn't put on shows; they put on events. It's it's Whoa. still pr- it's still praise from
2: Caesar DK. Uh, <laughs> how can folks follow you on socials?
4: Uh, Twitter at DKMFWTX, and All right. let me just say to Jaden, is Doctor C gonna build a cage with the top on it and uh, do that one match, the last battle of dog?
0: Uh, no, because that would be like a dog pound or something like that, dog kennel match. Uh, there will—I <laughs> don't know—it'll be the last time. There won't be any cage, I don't believe, because um, that's, cages cost money. But. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure the match will, you know, maybe it'll go all over the building instead. It's not really known for Dog to have matches go all over the building. That match may be one of them that happens.
4: Okay, I didn't know if we had a Tommy Rich Buzz Sawyer situation going or not. So I just thought I'd ask.
2: Fair enough. Hey, guys, thanks a lot for checking us out. We'll be back here, uh, you know, like we normally do. Until then, we'll see you at the matches. Congratulations, Kevin. Welcome back. Happy New Year to everyone. And we'll see you at the matches
0: we thank you for
2: tuning into the alliance blog podcast a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com we genuinely appreciate your support would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes we'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every tuesday 5 p.m eastern 2 p.m pacific on youtube at the alliance blog and you can follow us on facebook instagram twitter Tumblr,
3: tiktok and twitch until next time we are the alliance